Welcome to Insert Title Here, the only podcast that did indeed pay $8.50 for a pound of bologna. My name is Adam, uh, also known as Technical Cake Mix, uh, and today we, we decided we just want to talk about food for a little tiny bit. The guy who decided that topic right here is Devin Voir. Devin Voir, who the hell are you again? Hi, uh, I'm the voice actor guy in the podcast. I don't know why we still introduce ourselves on every episode, because if you're 40-something episodes deep, you should probably know who we are by now. Just assume we got new people every episode. That's true. <laughs> speaking well, of new people, not a derision from number three. <laughs> speaking of new people, uh, here's our third host. He will introduce himself. Hi, uh, I'm Flyer. Uh, sometimes I stream on Twitch.tv. Most of the time, uh, I'm here. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. Who the fuck is paying eight dollars for bologna? A pound of bologna? What? Me. Me. Bro, Consular Lebanon sweet bologna right now is $8.50 a pound at my deli, That's and insane. I hate it! Like, we want to talk about inflation? Look in the deli counter. For a pound of Cooper Sharp right now, it's seven ninety nine. That's insane. I mean, I like, I can't think of the last time I actually bought bologna, if I'm being honest. Like, um, I don't... I'm not a big fan of bologna, because uh, I, I think it's just one of those things, like, so, you grow up eating all the time and you get sick of it. Uh, yeah, but you've got to get good bologna. If you get cheap bologna, you know it. You know what I mean? You're basically getting the unholy fucking meat obelisk you guys love to make jokes about, you know? Yes. Like, no, no, you got to get you got to get good bologna, something good, <clears throat> smoked, preferably made locally. And, like, because you get, like, the Lebanon sweet bologna, you put it in a pan, you lightly fry it, you take it out, make a grilled cheese, put that bitch in between the slices of your good cheese when you make your grilled cheese. It will change your life. I guess I'm the... also aware that I am sounding very Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I guess it's like a you guys area sort of thing. That's, like, that's northeast, right? Like, uh, it's it's very specific to this part of Pennsylvania, yeah. Okay. Because, like, around here, I mean, I guess the equivalent for ours would be, like, Boar's Head, which um, is... We can get Boar's Head here as well. We yeah, Boar's Head, head is a oh, national. Is it? Guy. Okay, well, then, I, I, I don't yeah, know then. Yeah. Uh, I've never... I never yeah, had it in right. Oklahoma, or if we did, I never tried it. But uh, once I moved to Texas and uh, I went to HEB, uh, who, and if you guys are in Texas listening to this, you know what the fuck is up with HEB. Yes, let's go. Um... It's it. I, that's the first place I tried it was was at H E B, and I really end up liking it. But I've never bought the bologna. I usually get like the Black Forest ham or the Applewood smoked ham yeah. from them. Um, but I mean, if they've got bologna, maybe I'll try it sometime. I don't. I'm, I've never had bologna outside of like you know Oscar Me Oscar Meyer or where the fuck it you know. I mean, yeah, there's there's your mistake, isn't it? That's kind of like saying I don't like hot dogs. Any hot dogs you ever eaten are like fucking those disgusting things they boil Bro. and they th yeah you know what I'm on about Bro. oh god no you have what, what, what what's wrong with boiling dicks. your dog I fucking huh? love hot dogs okay I'm well I do too but it has to be a good hot dog you know what I mean like yes like if, you, if, you're, gonna, if you're gonna if you're um, gonna look I love hot dogs however like I made a deal when me and Liz first moved in here we were broke as shit and we were buying like the 99 cent baggies of you know Oscar Mayer wieners we made a deal a couple of years ago where we just don't buy cheap hot dogs anymore and yeah, they cost a lot more. It's about four or five dollars for a pack of nine now. Like I get it. It's a lot more expensive. That's because it's better quality meat. Exactly, exactly. And there's a local brand we found out here uh, called Hippies, which I've not seen outside of like this county to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. Um oh my god, they're so good. You, you know, you know you get a good hot dog and you bite into it and it snaps back. Yes. Yeah, that that through and through. They are so good. Hell yeah. So very good. I I've been watching this video on hot dogs and I got inspired and I'm, I guess I'm just going to show my whiteness here because like, bro, so I watched, 
this video this video on hey, hot dogs. Don't be ashamed about for a good hot dog. Hey, no, no, I just I just about. I okay. I watched this video on hot dogs and the way that they, they were just going over the hot the hot dogs like throughout the United States. I got about halfway through the video, but the first one they started with was New York hot dogs, and I've never had one. But it was like the dirty water hot dogs. And they get that name because <laughs> of all of the spices and the different ingredients they toss in the water while it's boiling with the hot yeah. dogs. Yeah, because it's more of a brine. Yeah. Yeah, and I never thought to do that when cooking hot dogs. I'm like, why didn't I ever throw spices or stuff or anything into it? I'm like, is it because I'm poor, because or because I'm like white, <laughs> or is well, it? It's because- also a regional well, thing. Well, you say that, but the but the New York hot dog essentially came out of being poor and white, and yeah. in an urban scenario where you're surrounded by 17 different cultures all at the same time, and you could just you know run down a block get 15 different spices and throw it into your pot see i figured it came from us because you know brett you know a lot of the let's be real a lot of the white people here are because of us sorry about that again um and like because back home they typically if you get a hot dog or like a fair or like a face or whatever it will be like that boiled style and flies right it's like a brine type thing you pull it out of uh, but no that makes sense though because you gotta think like you go to like new york city and you can cross how many different cultures in three blocks yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And uh, according to the little bit of research I just did, uh, hot dogs kind of began their adventure in the United States in New York mm. back in the 1860s. Ah. Impressive. Well, that's cool. And well, I just got to say, like, I, I really. Here, okay. So the thing I love about the Internet and, and YouTube in general is because sometimes I'll just go on these weird food um what's the word i guess food rabbit hole and like i just yeah. like learning how to cook new foods it's it's a secret thing i guess with me is that i love to cook i love to cook for friends and family and, and people i care about i never could do it as a job because i don't know what it is but i don't like cooking for people i don't know i guess it might sound no, weird De- devon 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 it's not that it's that people are bastards that and too. they treat people in food service like shit that too um so i've never had a job as a cook but i love to cook it's it's one of my favorite things to do um mm. and i've been doing it a lot more frequently uh with my wife uh i actually for christmas uh i am going to make my tomatillo mac and cheese uh, casserole should you say this on a on the recording she might listen to what I mean, does she know about yeah, this? It's or not, it's it's like not a surprise. Like a, oh, okay. yeah, it's not a surprise. I was it's asked. Like oh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, no, I was asked to do it. That's so. why, you know, I just figured I'd. No, it's not like a secret surprise. Like, I'm, we're buying, I asked her to buy me this stuff for it on Friday while I'm at work. But, um, you know, I'm going to make that mac and cheese because I, I learned how to make it and I and I really like it. Um, so, with that being said, like, I'm learning how, like, all these different hot dogs are made and how, like, they cook the hot dog or how, like, they present the hot dog or what they put on the hot dog. Like, you know, the Chicago hot dogs and or the way that they do it in, like, Jersey or, or Detroit. It's just, like, looking at all the different locations and how they style their dogs is, like, it, 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 some of it's never occurred to me before. And it's, like, I want to try all these new things on a food that I really do like, you know? Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's just hot dogs are just good i don't care what anyone says uh, i mean yeah the local chain i wouldn't say local but the chain that started in oklahoma the one i've talked about before sonic they have uh a coney uh like you know chili cheese coney like uh, one of those kind of hot dogs Ooh. um i will destroy a quarter pound foot long like like I, I i went to sonic a couple of times over the last like two weeks or so and both times i went i went i went because i wanted a hot dog 
And like those are yeah. really good. Like I, I know that it's fast food, but like it's, I can't think of many other fast food places that sell hot dogs. The, it's also the ultimate drunk food. Let's be real. Yes. Like you're you're sloshed. You're a bit. You know. Your sober friend has taken you to get food to try and serve you up. What do you want? Get a motherfucking hot dog. Yes. It's perfect. Mm. Beer and broth. That bit of chili on top. Oh. Bread. Speaking of like drunk or uh, high food though, like I I got to ask you guys this. So. I'll be right back. Kevin, sorry. His friendlies are. Oh, sorry. Oh, his, oh, he's gone. Shit. I guess you're telling me now. I'm telling you now. Uh, Flyer, friendlies is a thing in New York, right? I'll, I'll be honest. I don't go out a whole lot. I'm going to have to say yes. Fair it enough. sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like a chain of like diner style restaurants across the US. As far, and I've definitely seen it here in Pennsylvania, across parts of Pennsylvania. I've also seen it in Jersey. So it's safe to assume you probably see it in like the tri-state, but um. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it. It's best known for the ice cream. It's best known for the ice right, cream. Right, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there is of course grilled food inside, you know, and me and wife doing some some holiday shopping today, so went got food on on our last point, of course. Mm-hmm. And I got a sandwich in there, which the only way I can describe it is if a whole bunch of people had a blunt rotation. It was, i got to find the exact name for this thing. But I think it was called, like, Doritos Chopped Cheese, like... Okay, I'm back. I'm so sorry. Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Devin, is, is Friendly's a thing down in Texas? Friendly is, like, like uh, fighting game Friendly's, or...? No. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's an East Coast thing. Yeah, no, okay. I don't, I've never heard of it. So this thing is officially called the Doritos Cool Ranch Chopped Cheese Burger. That sounds amazing. That... And it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds amazing. I want it. It's, it's, they, they take, they called it a chopped cheese, but I'll be honest, it was definitely ribeye they used for it, which is way more in line with like a uh, cheesesteak, where a chopped cheese would be kind of traditional ground meat. Yeah. Or hamburger, depending on part of the ocean. Um, there was pepper jack cheese on this thing, uh, a, a, a lot of jalapenos, uh, fried onions, and just fistfuls of like cool ranch Doritos on a chia batter roll. Mm. And I, 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 th- these are all things I like. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to order this thing just because I want to see. And like, I gave a review of it to a friend of ours on Twitter. Um, shout out to Jason. And the way I described it was it's like Mr. Ribeye, Mr. Dorito, Mr. Chiabata, and Mr. Pepperdrack had a blunt rotation. <laughs> like, that's the only way. It was so good. But I'm like, who came up with this? Like, there is no, you, you cannot tell me somebody sober came up with this damn sandwich like geez it was good it was good but bloody hell no it does not sound like the... a sober man sandwich absolutely not i mean i just jesus christ it was I, i'm glad i tried it to say i've had it but like holy crap holy you know mm-hmm. look i'll be real the only real experience that i've had at friendly is back when i was uh back when i was a younger kid mm. my uncle lived like the block away from one yeah, and when I would, and when he would come over, he would get like you, you, you know that uh, that watermelon like ice cream roll looking thing. Yeah, the watermelon roll. Yeah, yeah, that he would bring one of those. Oh, that's a, that's a good, that's a good name from the uncle. And I have not seen one of those in like fifteen years. Yeah, they kind of cut back on their locations. Like this is like even before COVID, you know, this is like 2016, 17, They started cutting back. It was a. Uh, it's it's, that's it's my only memory of friendly is that watermelon roll. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's bizarre just thinking about like because friendlies has always been like the same menu for as far as i can remember you know like i, I can't remember them experimenting with it like see fr- friendlies has the same vibe and, and as i said I, I have no experience with it past like 10 years ago yeah it's basically just on applebee's not really not really. It's nowhere near as dim or depressing as an Applebee's. Like friendly, friendly is like it's sit down food, but it wants to be in and out. It's closer to like a, it's closer to like a family diner type of vibe, you know. So like a Denny's. Yeah, that's a yeah. Denny's is probably the closest vibe to it. Denny's is probably the All closest right. vibe to it. Um, it's not as cheap as Denny's, but you know, like is anything truly. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I do I do quite like Denny's. I must I hate to admit that. Which uh, I think a lot of my UK compatriots back home wondering, what the hell's a Denny's? And I'm like, listen, the Grand Slam must be respected at all times. <laughs> I think Weatherspoon is the king of breakfast platters. Is Little Chef still a thing back home? Here's the God, thing: I don't think there's any Little Chef open. Oh, I don't want to talk too much at length at Denny's, but like, mm. I used to eat at Denny's like all the time after work back when I was working at Walmart with my friends because we just go yeah. there because it's open late. And it was often more like cheaper than IHOP, and yeah, I was gonna say yeah, and it's just like we kind of like going there instead, just because we like the vibe more. I mean, at IHOP, it felt like they wanted us to get in and then fucking leave. You know, it's like who else is? Yeah. you're not gonna get swarmed at eleven at night. Come on, guys. That's what I have seen a Denny's get swarmed that late before. We, um, me and the wife went to one about a year ago now. Went there real like it was late ish. I'll say about eight thirty nine ish by the time we. Uh, got in there and we're like oh it should be dead it should be dead it should be dead and i think as we were leaving like and it, it was like a, a like a football team that was going cross country um that kind of crashed with like 30 40 people oh god and there was three night staff on you could tell they're like oh my god but they made their tips that night jesus they better have i'm just glad that we were leaving as that was coming in we're like oh my god <laughs> oh yeah you know what <clears throat> You make a good point. If you don't tip wait staff, fuck you. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. But um anyway, back to the food discussion. I mean still on the food discussion. Yeah. Um so yeah, I do want to try those those different hot dogs and or try the different recipes mm. for them. I'm gonna look up probably a few and get on it probably next payday. I'm gonna just buy some Franks and, and give them a shot. But like the one thing I also was watching today was just pizza videos and seeing how like frozen pizza started and kind of expanded is really interesting. Um, By expanded, you mean it rose? No, I mean, no, not like that. Like seeing how like it went from being like a small thing in the Northeast and then became a massive, uh, like multi corporation, you know, battle uh, was yeah. well. I mean, that, there's a long storied history about pizza, and we were talking uh, before the podcast started, hmm. and you were very excitedly saying, "Flyer, I want you to tell the pizza origin story." Well, yes, yes, the yes. modern pizza origin story. This is the the American pizza origin story, or the Italian? no, Ooh. the pizza pizza, the, the pizza, margarita, pizza. the mama. Hell yeah, from Napoli. All right, I'm going to tell you the story. Here we go. <clears throat> but before that, you keep going. I got to actually get all my details just primed up. Oh, okay. Um, fine. <laughs> so, am I safe to assume I might be the only person in this podcast who's actually been to Naples? 
Probably. I've never left the country, so. Fair enough. I have been to Naples. I have had the original source of the pizza. It is very good. They are absolute motherfucking bastards about yes. pizza over there. Oh, specifically 100%. the Neo specifically the Neapolitans. They have a fit about this. Mm-hmm. There Can't are confirm. entire organizations dedicated to whether or not you are pure enough to be considered to be real Italian pizza. So if you go to a restaurant in certain parts of Naples, you'll see a basically almost like a, a really big gold certificate on the door. That is that. That is exactly what that is. That is, they yeah. have been certified by this board. I they do yet. not fuck about. It is scary. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I had no clue it was like that dedicated to pizza. Like I love pizza. Like don't get me wrong. Like I I'm a pizza fiend. If there's a place that has pizza, I want to try it. But like, so you know how you know how the blue ribbon used to mean things here? Uh yeah. Yeah, before Paps put it on every kind of shit beer they made. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's the, that's the level we're talking about. Wow. Okay. Consider me interested, because I, I really am interested now in, in just how dedicated they are to their pizza creation and, and, and just quality in general. But, yeah, Whenever you're ready, so Flyer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if you have all your very stuff very ready. <laughs> but, uh... Alright, I got it. I'm, I'm set up now. Okay, great. So, so T, tell us. Alright. All right, I need you to imagine it is 1889. Okay. Mamma mia, it's 1889 okay, in Adam, Napoli. No, you can't. Okay. It is 1889 in Naples. The king of Italy, Umberto I, is tired of always eating French food because at the time, French cuisine was considered the height of cooking in Europe. And unfortunately, despite being the king of Italy, his chefs, predictably, were French cooks. Or they had learned French cuisine. And he's like, I'm tired of this shit. We're going out for dinner tonight, honey. So they go out. And they go to a place called Pizzeria Brandy. That's the real name of the place. And they sit down. And they say... We would like three pizzas. <clears throat> and the first pizza is made with lard. And and they have it and and Umberto says to his wife, "Honey, how do you how do you feel about the pizza?" And she goes, "It's too fatty." And he says, "Okay. Uh, could we get the the, the fish pizza?" He says, "Okay." A little while later the pizza comes out and they have it. "Honey, how do you feel about the pizza?" Uh, it's too fishy. And he says, "How can we? How can we make this better? How can we improve this?" And she's like, "Can I get a, can I get a pizza with like tomato sauce, and basil, and cheese, and you know, just just like just a normal, plain kind of pizza?" And I say, "Okay." Then I go back. They make the pizza. They get the tomato sauce. They get the fresh basil. They get the but they kind of put the mozzarella around it. They bring it out. They say, "Here you go. Please, we hope you enjoy this one." So they have the pizza. And King Umberto the first says to his wife, "Honey, how do you feel about this pizza?" And like fucking Goldilocks and the three bears. Mwah, beautiful, just right. So the chef comes out, Rafael Esposito. And he says, how did you like it, your, your majesty? 
And he's like, oh, it's pretty good. And he turns to the queen and he says, how did you like it? And she says, oh, it was very good. And he says, we've just, we just kind of, like, this is a new pizza for us. Would it be okay if we named it after you? The queen says, sure. And that's how the pizza margarita is rumored to have been made. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Because the queen of Italy was Margarita of Savoy. I did. Now, on to the history of pizza as it relates to Devin's saying meteoric rise across the country. Viewers at home might be aware of a little teeny weeny thing. You might not have heard of it. It's a small detail. Not many historians cover it. Called the Second World War. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. And you may remember, if you paid attention, is that Italy was an entire campaign to go up the boot. Yeah, that's a very mild way of putting it. And through this, the soldiers and the the GIs, the soldiers, were exposed to local Italian cooking. This is where the this is where the American love of spaghetti, uh, you know, pastas in general, different uh, you know risottos, pizza as well would come about, and the GIs would come back, and they would start buying property, and they would start building families. They would have created the worst generation of human beings known to man called the baby boomers. Yes, and they thought we're all living in fucking suburbs now, and we don't want to cook every single day. Right? We'd like to go out to eat every once in a while, but we're all living in the suburbs, and there's no goddamn restaurants around here. It's the 1950s. No one has figured out what to do. Add to this, the Italian... I, I hate to use the word, but it's the only one I can think of. Diaspora. Mm-hmm. Following the rise of Mussolini and all of this. And they come to the realization that the GIs, who have come back from the Second World War and have built families and built homes and all this stuff, have acquired a taste for Italian cooking. So somewhere in New York, and I don't remember the exact name of the first New York pizzeria, but it still exists, it still stands, the first American pizzeria was born, and it offered delivery. (gasps) Hmm. And as you may imagine, people were real hyped about this. And eventually the idea would spread across the United States. I won't go into the whole history of it, but in the 1800s, the Irish and the Italians would come over in droves and they would be persecuted beyond beyond acceptable measures. And they finally realized that their local cuisines, their local skills, the things involved in making Italian restaurants what they were become now were suddenly in demand. Hmm. And thus, the concept of takeout in general, delivery, Mm -hmm. takeout in general, would come about in the 1950s and the 1960s. On the West Coast, and I think also the East, we would see the rise of, like, Chinese takeout. Mm. And that would also happen following the, uh, I, I hate to use the word again because it has a very specific meaning, the Chinese diaspora following the rise of Mao Zedong. Wasn't, I remember also reading about it like during the uh, the Korean War as well. A large number yeah, of it's, it, yeah, all, all, yeah th- them as well. Everybody that basically had to flee a country yeah. and ended up in the United States ended up offering delivery. Huh, that's interesting. Um, 
Same thing would happen with South American cuisines, you know, Argentinian, mm-hmm. uh, Cuban, Colombian, things like that that would happen in, you know, the wake of the South American civil wars and all the rise of communism, all this yeah. shit. Yeah, because I remember a large chunk of it. Um, I was reading something about this recently with, um, what was the name of the Peruvian dictator? Not the Ch- uh, Chilean, sorry, Chilean. Don't ask me, I'm uncultured. Yeah, yeah, Pin- yeah, yeah, Pinochet. Pinochet. I'm reading about like the rise of like Chilean food, particularly in like yeah, exactly. California and because w- when when you have persecuted groups who ultimately end up in areas that are unfamiliar to them, food is a universal way of getting through to another person and delicious more than anything else. You mm-hmm. want to understand a cuisine? You want to understand a culture? Learn its cuisine. He's not wrong. He's very, very right. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, and that's that's really interesting to know. Um, just how immigration really affected our food. Like sometimes I don't think about how important it was that all that happened. But I mean, as far as food's concerned, I think there's a lot to, to learn and a lot to give by just, you know, knowing about other cultures cooking. Um, yeah. With that being said though, I was, I was thinking about the delivery comment you were making and it reminded me of the pizza, um, how like, you know, in the nineties there was just like the three big chains that everyone remembers or the ones at least I could think of off the top of my head where, you know, Domino's, Pizza Hut and, and Little Caesars. And I I guess I, I it's not something I remember or have experienced, but like the whole if you order your pizza and it's not there in three minutes or less, it's free. And they stopped doing that because one of their pizza drivers got in a wreck with the lady and that had to pay like an eight million dollar settlement, if I recall, and they stopped doing that. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I guess it turns out like, you know, if, if you're threatening to cut wages and from your you know workers, if they're not you know delivering food on time, it tends to cause them not to want to follow traffic laws, I guess. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so and, and, but they put a stop to that, which is you know interesting. And now we have DoorDash. So, you know, 30 years later, things are fine. I, and I, don't, I, should, I got an app for DoorDash. I was listening to a podcast on that on Spotify. And DoorDash had an ad where they were just like, if it's not, you know, there with an expected time, we'll make it right. And I'm like, oh, we get, oh now you mentioned that. I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. are we going to have a return of this lawsuit? Oh, no. Okay, I didn't back, know that. Because I, I don't use DoorDash yeah. anymore. I really don't. It, 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 I used to use it way too often. It costs way too much money, so I've cut back on my usage of it. Uh, we use it yeah, very, very rarely. Do we get food delivered? Like... I the thing is, I like I live within like a mile and a half of a really good pizza place. Yeah. So if I need pizza, I'll just pick it up, you know? To mm. follow back on that comment about the big three that you brought mm-hmm. up, mm. would you like to know the history, or rather the dating, of those big three? Yeah, go for like it. Like when they, when they started, or... Yeah. Uh, you know what? I am curious, because I've never thought about how far back Pizza Hut and Domino's and Little Caesars all started. I, I guarantee you'll you'll think that they're not, uh, much younger, but they're not. I was thinking like maybe 1950s for Pizza Hut because I've seen some old Pizza, Pizza Hut. Pizza Pizza Hut began on May 31st, 1958, hey. in Wichita, Kansas. I called it. Yeah, I remember them hearing they were Midwest. That's about as Central American. Little Caesars Pizza was founded on May 8th. 1959 mm-hmm. huh. in Garden City, Michigan, More which is a suburb of Detroit. And Domino's? Domino's kind of... It's, it's debatable here. 
but uh, it was uh, founded in 1960. Huh. In a, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Okay, so more Midwest. Yeah. When the founder of Domino's Pizza, who also owned the Detroit Tigers, <laughs> uh, and his brother took over the operation of a pizza place called Dominic's. Which would then morph into Domino's in the mid 60s. That makes sense. Okay. That's interesting. And the guy who suggested the name Mm -hmm. Domino's was just some some pizza delivery guy who thought it would be a nicer name. I mean, not incorrect. Um, But wow, I I didn't know. I didn't know Little Caesars was that old. Because, like, when I think of Little Caesars, I think of the pizza pizza, like, you know, that guy. And that was like to promote yeah, yeah. when they were selling, you know, two pizzas. Um, yeah. So like, I didn't know they were that old. That, that's really interesting. Like, I've seen old Pizza Hut buildings. I knew Pizza Hut was old. I didn't know Little Caesars was that old. And I definitely, I, I had a feeling Domino's was pretty old because, like, you know, um, what was that? Was Domino was Domino's the one promoted in Back to the Future? Uh, maybe. Maybe I don't know, but maybe I I I forget. It's been a while since I watched Back to the Future, but like I knew Domino's was pretty old. But I had I I will know. I thought maybe I just thought Little Caesars was like like early eighties, late seventies. I I did I never really perceived it being older than that. So that's really interesting to learn. I I had no clue. To yeah. follow back on my previous comment of I don't know what the first pizzeria was. I just looked it up. Uh, the first pizzeria in the United States has been recognized by the Pizza Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. is a place called Lombardi's, located on 32nd Spring Street in Manhattan. Hmm. And it opened in... Would you like to take a guess? Uh, 1980... No, 18... I w- I w- 18... No, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I said nineteen. I, I almost want my numbers flipped. I want to say sometime in the eighteen nineties. Well, you're closer, but the correct answer was nineteen oh five. Was close. Yeah, that's right. I was with. I was with and it still stands. Wow. That's right. You can still go to the first pizzeria, uh, according to the Pizza Hall of Fame, that it opened in the United States. I want to try it. So you got to think, like, culturally, like, we typically pick up on things about 20 to 30 years after the Americans do them back home. In terms of, like, you know, major things that are mm-hmm. actually good we want to keep. And, like, the rise of, like, delivery pizza in the UK was very much from the 80s forward. Um, so I'm trying to think, like, one of my favorite pizzas back home, Rocco's Pizza. It's a very small chain, but it's a chain nonetheless. Uh, I think that started in the 80s. There's a, a pizza chain down in Texas that I really do like. Uh, I'm not sure how far it goes but i do like uh, pizza patron because they use a lot of Mm. um mexican spices and 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 different like ways of cooking in their pizza and it's it's a different taste for sure it's different from like the other pizzas i've had so i kind of like it when i'm in the mood for like a like a mexican pizza fusion but like for sure though um there's there's other pizza places i i like more than that um yeah but I don't know. I, I just I just think I just have a good history with pizza uh, because every Sunday when I was a kid after church, uh, we'd go to Mazio's Pizza and they just have their buffet. And I would just like I'd get like a couple slices of pizza and a salad and just go to town. You know, it's just good memories, I guess. I just I just really like pizza. It's one of my favorite foods. 
It's up there with hot dogs. I mean, so, so modern pizza, as we understand it, comes about in roughly the uh, 1700s. Okay. okay. But the word pizza was first recorded in like 997 AD. Wow. Yeah, that tracks. But we know that in Sardinia, uh, br- we, they found bread that had been baked roughly uh, 7,000 years ago. Huh. That's... I mean, it tracks. That's really interesting. Food has to just... As far, as, like- I, I, as far as I understand, I know that an early example of pizza that I kind of remember uh, hearing about, I want to say was in... The seven to five hundred BC range, and it was the Persians. Hmm. And what they would do is they would use their shields to bake. Like they'd use them as like bake trays, kind of. And they would make flatbreads, and they would put uh, cheese and dates on top of it. Hmm. I mean, you make do with what it you got. An educational episode. Yeah. I, I'm really liking Even, this history of pizza. You know, welcome, welcome to the to insert pizza here. <laughs> Right, it's a bit of him. Yes, exactly. It didn't surprise me at all. If you would like to hear a more uh, intelligent person discuss this, uh, consider looking at the Tasting History Channel on YouTube, hosted by Max Miller, and he does an episode on pizza from a recipe that dates to the Renaissance. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, We also have proof that pizza was used in legal contracts. Wait, what? I mean, I've paid someone on pizza before, but that's a new one. Well, wh- wh- one that we had, I don't remember how old th- how old it is, but there was a contract drawn up between a, uh, I want to say it was like a bishop or a cardinal and a local farmer in Italy. And the cardinal bishop, wh- whatever he mm-hmm. was, I'll just say priest. Th- the priest owned like a mill, right? There was a mill on his land. Okay. And in exchange for using the mill, the priest said, you owe me a dozen pizzas on Easter and Christmas. And I'll okay. let you use the mill like the whole year round, but you gotta you gotta pay me back. Fair enough. That's yeah, fair. That's And we know that the word pizza was employed in this contract. Uh, <laughs> that's impressive. I I I, I wow, I mm. Also, pizza on Christmas sure as hell beats fucking roast turkey. Hell yeah, I want pizza. I on mean, Christmas. I would rather have a pizza for Christmas. Me too. I want p- Christmas pizza. Let's go. P- Let's make it a thing, guys. Christmas pizza. What do you put on top of pizza? That's the real question. What do you guys try to top? Pepperoni. Obviously, obviously yeah. but like, do you like? I like pepperoni and jalapenos. The f- oh, I like. I, so, so I like pepperoni and jalapeno on on like a flatbread pizza. Um, but if I'm getting something a little bit beefier, I'll I'll do like pepperoni. Uh, Italian sausage and uh, olives, I guess. I do like mushroom too. I like mushroom on pizza as well, and green pepper. I don't know. I, I like top. I like pizza. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many pizzas, dude. I love pizza. My favorite thing to get from like Domino's is if I'm, a, yeah. if, I'm if I'm in a real like, I want something greasy and bad for me in mood. I gotta get a a Domino's pizza with uh, beef steak and pepperoni. And I will just go to town. I, I will. I, I'll have a meat coma and just die. So you Here's get, a like, question for you. Sorry. Here's a question for you. When you think of a pizza, is that mm. like a food of the common man? Is that like a poor people food? 
I think it's a common I mean, man sort of thing. Like, I, I mean, I can't think of anyone who doesn't like pizza, you know? Could you imagine pizza as like a street food? Yeah, yeah but his- absolutely. I Congratulations. That that uh, perception dates from the 1500s. Whoa. And you used to be able to order pizza on layaway. Mm. It- That's not a joke. And and you could buy pizza from a day before at a cheaper price. Huh. So you're telling me like you could obviously for food safe healthy yeah food food and safety yeah you know health and yeah. safety reasons you probably shouldn't do that <laughs> nowadays. No, absolutely. But not. you used to be able to buy pizza as old as like a week. I, I don't think I'd want to do that. But like you're telling me I could have paid in advance for a pizza. I could pay like two or three days ago and then come pick it up. Yeah. That's that's yeah pizza on layaway. That's crazy. I mean like I know like paying for a pizza in advance is obviously something everybody does, but like. Layaway pizzas. <laughs> it's just so fun. Like it's like, man, I feel like I could really use a pizza in a week. Here's twenty bucks. I'll be in for it in a week. Thanks. And just here's the here, here's the thing for you. If you could buy day old pizza at a cheaper rate, would you? I mean, depends on the pizza and where it's from. If it's been well, refrigerated, you know, like a, re- a reputable pizza place, yeah? local pizzeria. I mean, what's different from that and a refrigerated pizza you're gonna eat the next day anyway? Not yeah, much. Exactly. Would you rather pay half the price and have day-old pizza? I mean, I can reheat it, so. These are the real questions that real Italians had to contend with for centuries. I get a real Italian experience today on insert title here. And I love it. (laughs) Also, as I said, do consider uh, checking out that thing by Max Miller. He's done a lot more research and he's a lot more informative than Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you if you learn something about pizza and you want to tell us about it, leave a comment so we can learn about pizza because I also if, I love learning and love pizza. Also, if you do to the jalapeno and pepperoni pizza, here's what you got to do. Here's the secret, right? Put the slice of jalapeno on top of the pepperonis. Thank me later Ooh. because the fat of the, pe- fat of the pepperoni will fry the jalapeno. It's very very good. Trust me. Trust the fat man. I'll try it. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to food. I'll try that next time. I, next time I have a pizza with jalapenos, I'll try that. Um, so I yeah. was gonna say, if I had to pick my favorite toppings, uh, I like eggplant on my pizza. Huh. You are so Italian. I've never had eggplant well, on no, pizza. No, no, no. no. I, I'm not saying like regular. I mean like breaded, like you know. Yeah. Actual. Uh. Probably mushrooms, some olives. Mushrooms are solid. So you don't, you don't go for, like, a real meaty pizza, do you? I mean, it really depends on the mood. If, if, if I'm just a, I don't care, I'm hungry, I must devour, you know, if I go full Sinistar, mm-hmm. in a sense, yeah, sure, I'll get pepperoni and, like, meatballs and sausage and bacon and, you know, meat lovers, essentially. Meat that shit up. Yeah. But but when you're but on the whole, I I do recommend you try eggplant. Eggplant adds a nice bit to it. Eggplant pepperoni is pretty good as a combo. I'll have to try that sometime. I'm I'm curious now. There was a place we used to go to in France when I was a kid. When we used to holiday in France a lot, and I forget what exactly the place was called. But on the pizza, there was indeed like diced eggplant, spinach, um, pesto, really good margarita, really good mozzarella cheese, and I forget what else. And it was so good. Those both sound really good, and I want to try like pizza from different cultures. Uh, that's just mm, I gotta try it sometime. Uh, yeah. So before we go, add uh, you know, <laughs> I'm talking about pizza about for about forty minutes. Um, 
There's a few other things I think I want to talk about today uh, with you guys. One of them being, um, speaking about what got me in this whole pizza rabbit hole, was um, old commercials. <clears throat> so mm. I was I was watching just uh, a couple of videos that are talking about old TV shows and old commercials. And I was thinking just about all the old stuff that, you know, we used to watch and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, one thing... I guess I never got to experience and is old movies. Um, and when I say old movies, I think I mean like the movies that were so bad that they're only something you would see on riff tracks or like someone making fun of them, like uh, mystery space theater 3000. And one that I saw today when I was uh, downstairs with Ali, we were, we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh and I just had the TV on in the background was called space games. I think it's called. And space games? space games. It's like a 1993 movie, I think, if I if I read it right. So it came out 30 years ago, give or take. And it is so bad. It like the effects are bad. The story is bad. The acting is bad. The character design is bad. Like it's just bad. And then I think about like how many of these movies exist that I will never watch. And I just wonder how do these things happen? Like, okay, was it called Star Games? I think no. I think you're right. It might have been Star Games. I I, I think you're. Yeah, I, just, you... I, I just googled it, and I got like pictures like a giant floating orb. Let me see Star Games. Yeah. Okay. 1997. Yes. And the kid calls himself Kirk. Like it's not his real name, and it's a bad movie. I just I, like I, like like Jim Kirk. Yeah, like because he 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 likes watching oh Star God. Trek. That's that that's one of the characters watches Star Trek in space. Somehow he's able to see Star Trek, but like the the movie has like a one point six on IMDb, and I'm like, you know what? That's understandable. That's pretty bad. That's uh, I had the trailer on a mute, and a clown just appeared. That clown. Okay, what? so fun fact about that clown. That the actor for that clown is uh, the guy who voices the dad in Fairly Odd Parents. What the? There's a there's a fucking stop motion dinosaur. Can I have a wristwatch? There's a fucking. Oh my god! There's. What the hell is this, Devin? I, dude. Okay. Again, I was I, I just had it on, in the background while we were playing a card game, and this movie popped up, and I was just like, uh, okay, and yeah, the. The, the the guy who plays the clown is is again it's it's the guy um no okay he doesn't play the dad or he might play the dad but he, uh, he for sure plays Cosmo and Jorgen von Stranglis it's that guy oh my god what the hell is this this guy in 1997 yeah and it looks like it came this out looks- way later than that Way earlier than that. It looks like it came from the six. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Way earlier. Sorry, I'm dumb. No, he does play the dad. Okay, he does play the dad in Fairly Odd Parents. All right, I, I just had to double check. So and that's the only that's the only actor I know from that that, that who's who I guess survived that film because I don't know anybody else in that movie. Oh my god. I know that we got off pizza, but I must make a factual correction of a statement. Oh, go ahead. Hmm. One, the margarita story is legend, as far as everyone understands it, but it's a good origin myth. Yeah. Two, uh, I found the text of the of the contract. 
You know, the one where I said the guy had to pay to do like a dozen pizzas on Christmas and Easter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it reads more specifically, every year on Christmas Day, you and your heirs must pay us 12 pizzas. And similarly, 12 pizzas and a couple of chickens on the day of Holy Easter of Resurrection. So there were two, there were a couple of chickens involved, too. I mean, I guess the guy was on those weirdos. But for basically year-round mill usage, now until the perpetual future, that this guy's heirs would owe 24 pizzas and a couple of chickens every year. I mean, fair enough. Seems fair. You could use that flour for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're like, uh, do you think it's one of those weirdos who put like an egg on top of his pizza? I want to think about that. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Th- I, I. I. I've never tried like fried egg on pizza. You see, work. People, you see some people do it. Like it's. It's not a thing I've seen much here where I live. It was a thing you'd see in parts of France where like they put together a normal pizza, right? And everything as it would be, and then just just crack an egg and throw it in like the pizza oven with the egg on top. Look, I know that we don't want to bring it up, but we have. But since we're since we brought it up again, we have to uh, bring up the fact that Brazil pizza is not real. <laughs> Brazil pizza is not real pizza. No, you know what I'm talking no pizza about. Pizza a fucking tire and an entire chicken on top. Oh my god, is that like the pizza Portuguese thingy? I I don't know if I'd say Portuguese, but I'm pretty sure that that specific place is in Brazil. I'm pretty certain. The one I always think about, yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, the style of pizza is called uh, pizza Portuguese, where they take it the center of it and they put like like a dipping in the middle. Why? Yeah, I uh, don't get it. I don't want to get it. I don't want to know. Like, oh, why? But but yeah, this place from this Brazilian restaurant flies on about is infamous for taking it a step too far. No, I'm good. Hard pass. Like they'll do like they'll, they'll like get the center of the pizza taken out and inside of it will be like a, a, a chocolate chip muffin, you know. No, or like a t- no car tire, no, or like no, no. It's it's it. I get how it came to be because like traditionally it'll be like a pretty normal pizza on the outside rings, like each section maybe different topping a pizza, and the inside will be like marinara style sauce. You just dip it in and eat like that, you know. So I get how it came to be, but the this is definitely someone who's taken the piss. Somebody who's looking for that clout, so to speak, you know. I hate it. Yeah, hate it. I hate it. Hate I it. hate it. I, I strongly dislike it. Ugh. I have found a review from the 1800s from a rather well-known American regarding pizza. Okay. He says, quote, a pizza is a species of most nauseating cake covered over with slices of pomodoro or tomatoes mm-hmm. and sprinkled with little fish and black pepper and I know not what other ingredients. It all together looks like a piece of bread that had been taken reeking out of the sewer. I take it the man doesn't like sardines. That was Samuel Morse. Who was a uh, inventor and painter, and you may know him more from, uh, you know, Morse code. Oh. Oh. I'm glad to ask, is that the same guy? Yeah, same guy. Holy shit. Now, granted, you know, he may have had just a not great pizza. Oh, my God. Dude, no, 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 you gotta fucking... You in audience land can't see it, but uh, there's a picture that I'm showing the other two boys here. If you'd like to see it, go type in a Gregory's Pizza Scale. Mm. 
And Gregory's Pizza Scale, I will describe it to you, is uh, a scale of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six things on the left that go top to bottom. Fancy, normal delivery, frozen, cheap, bad, and unedible. Gregory's Pizza Scale states the following. From about, uh, let's say, 10% down from the top is where the li- is where a line comes out. Then all the way down to bad, there's a big bracket. And the bracket notes that this area is good as hell. Yeah, that's that. Everything below bad is a void. And Isn't everything that- above the 10% from the top is too fancy. Isn't that the I think Gregory that? speaks truth about pizza. <laughs> there is too fancy pizza, and there is just dog shit pizza. He's right. Everything else is fine. Yeah. It, isn't there an expression about pizza? There's no such thing as bad pizza or bad sex. Yeah. Because even then, it's still pretty good. Yeah. I don't know, man. If the pizza is not even like finished being done baked yet, I mean, would you call that a pizza if it's not done being baked, though? No, not really. It's like you wouldn't call a soup a soup if it wasn't done cooking. Exactly. Yet. It's a big pot of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would I would just say I'd if say- it's if it's a fully cooked pizza then it's a pizza and it's, it's still pizza I'll eat it. It's got that's a pretty mediocre pizza. It's got to be a disastrously bad fucking pizza if I'm not gonna eat it. Like we're talking like burnt to a crisp, dry as hell, barely any like sauce. Pizza that shouldn't have even have left. Exactly. The yeah. I had a really weird pizza once. I picked up one of the supermarkets around here. That's like um, you know how the on-site like bakeries or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do like a pizza. It's it's usually all right pizza to their credit. It's usually actually all right. Um, but I went there right this one time and I picked up a pizza on the way home from somewhere because you know it was late. They were still open. They have they do this thing on Friday where it's five dollar pizzas on a Friday. Which I mean, hell, you take that. So I kick it a check out. We get it home and we're eating it. Like it tastes funny. They use spaghetti sauce. What the fuck? Like instead of marinara or tomato sauce on the actual thing. It was just like, what the hell? Like There was one pizza I had where the sauce wasn't marinara, and mm-hmm. it wasn't spaghetti. It was bolognese. Like, with meat and everything? Yeah. Why? Uh, and I was I, flabbergasted. Not because it was bad, but because the thought had never occurred to me I mean, I can as a bolognese, as a pizza sauce. I can't see it working. Because, like, uh, it's basically having a meat pizza, but just the meat's under the cheese. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I might have a controversial take, because I have to say something about frozen pizza, that there is a champion among them. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I want to hear this. Fuck fuck talking about old shitty movies and VHS tapes. We'll get to that later. Hit me. No, yeah, don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll circle back around. We'll get back to it. After this, we have to have a discussion about Deep Dish. I love deep dish pizza. Holy shit. And I know the audience who has only known me for two episodes now is like, oh, the fucking New Yorker has a thought on deep dish. Of course he does. (laughs) Hold on. Here's my here's my opinion on Frozen. There's one champion who stands above. Hit me. Okay. Mama Celeste. I've never heard of that. I recognize that one, Mama Celeste. Um, yeah, that, it, 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 I think it, re- it got renamed at some point to just Celeste. I know, back when I was a kid, it was Mama Celeste. You specifically, Mom had like this, like kind of like forty something Italian lady as like the mascot. You can get those at the Dollar Tree. These are eh. the on. Listen, listen. 
when you get frozen pizza, you are not trying to get good pizza. You are trying to get cheap pizza that doesn't taste like cardboard. He's right. Like, DiGiorno's better. Jack's is better. Uh, uh, follow up. The second champion, Red Baron. Yes. Yeah, Red yes, agreed. Red Baron is amazing pizza. I love Red Baron pizza. My only reason for putting Mama Celeste higher is that it's cheaper and it don't taste like cardboard. And in my opinion, if I could get three pizzas for $2, that's better value to me. That's a deal. Mama Celeste, I will blatantly say, is not on our pizza scale is good as hell according to the bracket but it's not great <laughs> it does what it needs to do which is be a pizza that i can like microwave in two minutes and it doesn't oh, taste like just a piece of fucking wood oh no he fucking microwaves it oh. with the frozen pizza i mean i put the whole point the of frozen pizza is that you go from frozen to cooked in under a few minutes I just, dude, put it in the oven. It's going to taste so yeah, much better. I, I, am, I am a stickler for cooking my frozen stuff in the oven just because it tastes better. I know it takes longer, what, but, what, like, I don't mind that. Listen, it's cheap, and I don't care. No, and that's fine. That's fine, but, like... I, Red Baron goes in the oven. Oh, Red Baron, yeah. real pizza. Yeah. That go in there. I don't give a shit about Mama Celeste. Fuck that. <laughs> that's a really good... I don't that's a four-inch circle with frozen sauce and, like, goddamn uh, frozen chunks of, like, string cheese on top. I don't care. See, it, I, really I will say them. it was really interesting learning about how frozen pizza like like expanded throughout the United States, like after like uh, the patent was created and then like all the different food brands got in on it, um, like the ones that, that owned them, like Pillsbury, like they they I'm not sure which one they do, but they uh, with their flaky crust, the way that they handled their frozen foods, they were able to make like one of the better ones, quote unquote, because yeah, frozen pizzas came about. In tandem with delivery, yeah. they were they were born at the same time. It's a general whole, and they continued evolving upon each other for as long as it's gone on. Yeah, and that and that's why I really like about frozen pizza because like, so like me and Ali will get Red Baron because it is a it is cheaper than the other name brands, and B it's really good pizza. But if I'm really wanting something else, I I will get DiGiorno because they have like a croissant crust and it's real flaky and it's really good and that's just one of my favorites like, i will i will destroy that one that. i'll get the rising crust is your one but typically when i'm buying frozen pizza i usually get it at bj's which is like a costco style member like store for people who aren't aware of it mm -hmm. um typically the genre comes and you get three for 12 bucks or i just got a box of jacks it was like four for 10 which is actually all right um that said a really good frozen pizza i'd recently was actually a newman's own one very thin crust, very good sauce. I've seen it, like but I've never tried it. Yeah, Newman's Own is like a pasta sauce uh, brand for people who don't know. They also do tomato sauce and things like that. Very, 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 very good pizza they did there. It was like uncured pepperoni. It's like, oh, shockingly all right. Also, pro tip, if you want to fix uh, mediocre frozen pizza before putting it in the oven, yes, the oven, uh, put some, just get some like basil and throw it over the top. Ooh. I'll do that next time. Look, I don't look. Look, I don't disagree about putting the frozen pizza in the oven. I'm saying very specifically that specific brand of pizza. I microwaved that it is once and it was a cheap, mess, and dude. I don't care about. I got one at Dollar Tree to try it, and it said micro. Like fuck it, I'll micro. Why not? It was a mess. How? 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 It is. I. It was really cool learning about um, 
that paper, the or the, the paper, the, the cardboard that they put in frozen pizzas uh, to cook them in the microwave, like when it was um, when it was patented and created, uh, a bunch of the different food brands were able to be made because of that. Specifically, two of them I learned was uh, Hot Pockets and Bagel Bites. Mm-hmm. So that was for those of you that heard uh, our host Adam mentioned the the uh, name Newman's Own. A little bit of context for those of you that don't know or live outside the United States. Uh, Newman's Own is a food company that is that was owned uh, owned and founded by a American actor called Paul Newman, and their whole thing is that uh, once they hit profit, all the profit immediately goes to charity. They only oh, take in yeah. enough money to maintain operating costs. Mm-hmm. That's their whole deal. A, Just for some context strategy. for those of you that never heard of it, or you, you know, you. That's interesting. I have never heard of it. Uh, well, I mean, I not, not that I've never heard, but I didn't know that they did that with their with their profits. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's right there on the jaw. It's 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 yeah. really good. It says it on was. everything that they put out. Oh. Well, I guess I've never yeah. really bought any Newman Zone, but now I'm kind of more tempted to. Now that I know it goes towards. Good I stuff. mean, I've mostly seen them as like. Uh, uh, like salad dressings mm-hmm. or like tomato sauce. I sauces. have used their their salad dressings um their Thousand Island specifically whenever I make Caesar's is yeah, good. Whenever I make a like a, a a pasta salad, I use their uh Thousand Island dressing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty good. Yeah, this it's usually pretty good and you know. I'm you can say you out. feel good about yourself. You help charity. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw one out for the uh for the podcast. How do we feel about white pizza? Like You mean you mean like a white sauce pizza? Yes. No. Listen, you literally heard me tell you that the word pizza was first recorded a thousand years ago, and an example of pizza was a bunch of Persians cooking flatbreads on shields with cheese and dates on them. I don't want to hear nobody saying that's not real pizza, because no one knows what the fuck real pizza is. It is an amorphous blob from the last thousand years. I'm just saying, how do we feel about it as a as a flavor profile? Because I quite like it. I think it's going with like good mask. Uh, was it? Was it? What's, what's the way that the wife gets it? Chicken Shirley bacon ranch. It and it's like got the white sauce. And, uh, chicken bacon ranch is sometimes, but you know, you do it with the white sauce. That's why it's got cheese on it. It's not when mascarpone. When you say be... white sauce, you mean like you mean like a bechamel type deal? It can be a bechamel type thing, or it can be more of a garlic type sauce, depending hold on, on where you go to. Here. What, hold on, let me see. What what does what does Google fool say about this? Yeah, sometimes uh, you get it, it's milk, close... salt, pepper, garlic, and par- okay, so like an Alfredo. Yeah, yeah. Some places it's way more garlicky than us. I definitely give it the garlic kick. As a thing, I think I can't remember if it's mascarpone or ricotta. I think it's ricotta that Liz Liz likes on that. You get it like that. A little bit of mozzarella on that. Lots like little piles of the of the ricotta cheese on that. It's very very good. Particularly if you get it with full. Has to be whole basil leaves. Oh, so good. Okay, I see the difference between Alfredo and white sauce. Yeah, because I go white it's sauce flour. Bechamel. Yeah, yeah. You don't really want that on that because the flour based you know sauce would kind of just. Well, well yeah, for an Alfredo because it's supposed to be thin and it's supposed to coat pasta, but you want yeah. it to be thicker on on a pizza so that way it actually sticks and then it just go when you pick it up. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I I mean I've had pizzas that use like fucking ranch. Ew, no. I don't understand it, but it wasn't... To follow like Gregory's ranch, no. pizza scale, I have to say it was good as hell. <laughs> like, Liz got this I respect Gregory's pizza scale. It wasn't bad. wasn't too fancy. It was therefore good as hell. She got one recently, right, and it was so good. It was just... Perfect amount of white sauce, really good amount of cheese, perfect amount of ricotta, and it had, like, just chunks of, like, perfectly roasted garlic on it. 
Mm. You know that one is perfectly roasted that like you put your teeth into it and it just smushes? Yeah. I, I, I Oh so good. I feel garlic should be a little al dente. Not smushy. I think for this scenario you want it smushy because you want Yeah, the, for this, yeah, but in general yeah. I think you should uh, garlic should be al dente. I mean, it depends on what I'm doing with it. But in this yeah, in this scenario, because I want the I want the crust to kinda give me a little bit of, you know, a bite back. Yeah. But like oh it was so good. But like depends on what I want doing with the garlic. Sometimes, yeah, I want my garlic to bite back. Other times I want to take it, take a piece of like nice Italian bread, slice it, toast the Italian bread, and then smear it on the bread. Look, man, I'm Italian. Uh, I gotta taste garlic. It's, it's like written in my DNA. Garlic has to show up. It's a rule. Yeah, like a nice piece of bread. You drizzle it in olive oil, smush that garlic swallow over it. Thank me later. Oh, so good. I love it. I just ate dinner and I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I was in the middle of eating. I still want some more food, but I'm going to wait until we finish recording. Um, anyway, uh, I guess, I think, have we talked out pizza? Are we are we still talking pizza or we want to? No, we forgot the one pizza that we haven't discussed yet. Right. What's that? Deep dish. Eh. Okay, like Chicago deep dish? Yes. Okay. That's the only deep dish I know about. I can genuinely say I have not had a Chicago deep dish pizza. I've had a variation of it, but I feel like it was more of a Detroit style pizza because it was very, um, very much bread, you know, bready, and and uh, had like you know the sauce and everything on top. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if that's actually Chicago style. I got it from like BJ's Brewery, which I remember it being really good. Um, but looking at at a Chicago deep dish style pizza, it and what I had were two very different things. I like deep dish pizzas. I like I like the thicker pizzas. Um, they're really good. I like I like the the breading. Um, but I have to be in a real mood for one of those. Yeah. My, my take about deep dish pizza, and we're now at the point where it's oh the man, the New York man has to say the, the the thing that by legal requirement. I just don't think it's a pizza. I'm going to agree a, with fire. I have to say it's more of a pie. Yeah, like I've never like, had like, like 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 as food like as food classification. Let me let me clarify this. Deep dish is good as hell, but for me personally, a pizza has to be a thin flatbread that I can fold into a V mm. and take a bite. Personally to me that's what pizza is supposed to be. Like I've never had that Chicago style. I've had the Detroit style though, where it's like you know the uh, the big square of bread with the with the crispy corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah, I love that. Well, well, yeah, um, uh, Chicago deep dish is a big circle, and you yeah. have pizza dough in it. You throw cheese, and then you put the sauce. I don't know why the sauce goes on top. If you know, please tell me, because I can't figure it out. Honestly, I think with with like the um the the, the, the one you're on about fire, the original one. It's closer to let's be real. It's closer to casserole. Okay, <laughs> but hold on now. To to count, it's like chicken. It's like chicken pot pizza. Okay, but but, but yeah. judging from what Flyer said Which earlier, would be a good idea. Consider yeah. that. Okay, I kind of want to try that. But, but judging what from Flyer said earlier, it, the original, you know, first dated, you know, pizza was you know, or or whatever. A thousand years ago. Yeah, with ago. the Persians putting you know flatbread, you know, dates and flatbread cheese. with cheese yeah. and dates on top. So like, I think the key word is okay. flat. You can't. You, there's no. There's no fucking legal definition of what is a pizza. In the same way that it's like, oh yeah, you can say what a chowder is. Chowder and stews have things that you can point at and go, that's a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. D- fucking pizza is just nebulous. It's an idea at this point, and it is anything a, a, like a definable bit. 
Okay, I can see that. So you know, with- you know, it, it, it's one of those fucking uh, all squares are rectangles, not all rectangles yeah. are squares. Okay, yeah, I, I, do yeah. you fit in the mold of pizza? I get that. Yeah, your pizza. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that there. Okay, so with that being the said, the weird Korean ones that got kimchi and sweet corn and all the rest the of fuck? it on top of it. Yeah, that's a pizza. Okay, it fits the pizza description. I've, I, I've never had one. Sweet corn actually works pretty good on pizza. I'm not gonna lie. I may have been turned by it by the Asian community. Oh. Okay, I'll have to try that there's sometime. There's a um, there's a Chinese place back to where I used to live. Uh, they used to give you Chinese pizza. It was just scallion pancakes, right? But it was scallion pancakes, basically made into a big round and cut up. And it they always gave it to you with like uh, a dipping sauce that we're pretty sure was just Chinese five spice and soy sauce. Ah, oh, so good. L- listen, all right, Mexican pizza. A thing, but I'll tell you what the real Mexican pizza is. Are you ready uh, for this one? I've I've considered this. I've thought about it, and I know what I'm gonna say. Okay. Taco Bell. It's a tostada. A tostada okay. is a Mexican yeah, pizza. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that. I I love. I, I mean, it is technically a, when you think about it, it's it's a, a very very. It's all the, It's a circle. Yeah. It's got cheese. It's got meat. It's got some type of sauce going on. It's a pizza. I can see that. I love to. It fits starters. all the four. It fits all the check marks. Is this a pizza? What is a pizza if not just a a a, a, a saucier taco? My definition of pizza is more or less a, the circle doesn't matter. Square cut is fine. Yeah. Is that it has to be like a relatively thin bread bread forward bread has to be a thing. Whether it's cornbread or you know. Like, the you know tortilla don't matter. Gotta have that. There's got to be a protein involved. This is the cheese for those of you paying attention. Even if it's vegan cheese, don't care. Gotta be there. Still a sauce protein, yeah. should be involved, but it's okay if you don't have one. As we said, the Persians had that thing that was just cheese and dates. Cheese is the protein. There must be a topping. Again, hmm. cheese qualifies as the topping. Okay. If you have all these things checked off, you are a pizza. Well, okay. Speaking of cheese as a topping, you know what always pissed me off? It, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. So Domino's used to do this thing. I'm not sure if they still do it, but it's like you can get a two topping pizza for like a cheaper price, right? Like a medium two topping pizza for like what? Like five ninety nine or something like that, which yeah. is great. That's awesome. Depends cool. On the coupon. They count cheese as one of the toppings. So you can get cheese and then like pepperoni and nothing else oh, or cheese dummy. and sausage or whatever you want to put on your pizza you don't get anything else aside from cheese and then one other thing i'm just like to me cheese is like a base like i feel like the cheese has to be on the pizza in order for it to be a pizza Yeah, like if you say that you want extra cheese that's a topping yeah because yeah. then you're using one of your toppings to say more cheese yeah exactly that's gummy, so i was just like that's that, gummy. i was like yeah though that doesn't that's not right you know the cheese is not a topping in this situation i feel i feel like the cheese is part of what makes a pizza a pizza so it's very upsetting when i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna get a i'm gonna get a, a pepperoni and beefsteak pizza like i stated earlier you know because i'm young and uh my heart works just fine it has been clogged up by arteries you know just yet so uh, you know bring on the fat um but no, it's just like cheese is your topping. I'm like, I f- fuck it is. No, you mentioned beefsteak, and I'm just thinking about like Philly cheesesteak. Exactly, pizza, or rather stand-ins of it. It's exactly what yeah. I mean. you get your green pepper, you get your white sauce, you get the beef. I would eat that. I would eat the hell out of that. 
I personally throw onions in Hell there. Yeah. But... Here's a question. Here's a question on the topic of cheesesteaks. Why do people from outside of Philadelphia put things like green peppers or sauce on them? Because it's good. What do you mean? Because, like, here's the deal. You go to Philadelphia, right? And this is yeah. from someone who lived in Philadelphia for five fucking years. Mm-hmm. You get a cheesesteak. It will be yeah. usually an Amarosa fresh white Italian roll. Whatever, beef, yeah. Beef or chicken, your choice. Cheese and onion. Or without onion, if you're a pussy. Rarely will you see anywhere offer green peppers. That's not really a thing. And never will anyone in Philadelphia, worth their weight in salt, offer or, or, or by default put sauce on there. Yeah, I move up. I moved about an hour outside of Philadelphia now. I'm a bit further right now. And out here, there are sense of putting sauce on a cheesesteak. And by sauce, it's like pizza sauce. That's not a cheesesteak. No. That's wrong. That pizza, pizza no. sauce doesn't belong no. here. I'll, yeah. I'll admit to that. I uh, will. I, I will say I'm. I'm personally guilty of this. Let me tell you mine. Okay. You, you'll probably hmm. agree it's mostly correct, but it's wrong. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. You got your beef. Okay, good. You got your cheese. You got good. your onions. Okay, good. I think green peppers are the least offensive addition that you can have. I think yeah. they work well texturally and flavor-wise. They're kind of, like, they're not they're not interrupting anybody here. He's got a point. Yeah. Okay. They're not bad. I have them, like, lightly mayonnaise the bread. And you're wrong. See, I like the tang. See, uh, I li- see, I like the complement of it with the beef, with the cheese, with the onion. Now, I'm not saying I do it all the time. You know, I can take it or leave it. I just think it adds like a like a like a like I'm not saying like I want to add a whole bunch of shit, right? Yeah, it's it's more or less fine how it is. It's just I'm saying my additions are green peppers and mayonnaise, and that's literally it. Nothing else. No one else gets touched. See, I used to feel that mayonnaise on a cheesesteak. And to be fair, I, as much as I roll my eyes at mayonnaise, I personally hate mayonnaise. It is a thing people will do, particularly in the suburbs of Philly. The thing my brother did, though, and I could, ooh, I could never take him back to this cheesesteak place. So it's my middle brother, Will, and it's the first time he's come to the US, right? I figured, let's take him to get a cheesesteak. You know, let's, let's just break him into Philly. Go to Delasandro's. For those who don't know, uh, anyone from if if railway attends the mecca of cheesesteak for those of you who don't yeah. know, yeah. If anyone says, "Oh, my favorite cheesesteak is Jim's," or, or "What's the other one from across the fucking street?" They're Max. liars. Don't trust them. Yeah, they're fucking tourists. <laughs> Tell them to go back to Jersey. So the real debate between people who live in Philly is Chubby's, Delisandro's, Jim's, and Ishka Bibbles, right? So my first favorite is Delisandro's. Go Delisandro's with them, right? And I put the order in, and we let to pick it up, and. You know, and get there, and he goes, "Can I?" Um, first mistake. He goes, "Um," in line, and the woman gives them a look of just like, "I'm going to kill this fucking tourist," because I'd already walked in and done. Yeah, beef, un-American wit. Thank you very much. Done. You know. Hold on, hold on. What's wit? What are we talking? Wit. Onions. Okay. Actually, I think oh, I said wit beef. meaning with. Okay. Yeah. Got you. I think I said beef, extra American wit. Thank you. You know, easy as that. That is how you do a cheesesteak order. Oh, hold on a minute. White. Extra American is in white American cheese. Correct, yeah. Okay. I'm not a biggest fan of the Wiz. Some people really like the Wiz. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, depending where you go, it might generally be just be some shittier place will actually be like cheese Wiz, like from the tin, boiled and heated up. Some oh, places will make their own up. cheese sauce. Some places will make their own cheese sauce and use if it. As, like, if a... you're gonna boil cheese with cheese Wiz, just fucking get like a block of Velveeta and just Ugh, do it, man. That's basically what. At least do, then yeah. it's at least a little higher quality. That's basically what. Not by does. much. 
what a lot of places will do is they'll basically take like an American type cheese or Alvita type thing and then basically make their own cheese sauce to make a kind of a with substitute, which they right, usually okay. taste better. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, fine. That, that's whatever. I personally prefer it with American cheese, and that's a personal thing. I think it melts better. I think it tastes a bit better. And also, to be fair, American cheese, if made correctly, isn't actually bad. Hot take, I know. Um, so I do that, and he goes up, and he goes, "Can I get um?" And I'm just like, I look at him, like, "Will I told you, like, oh god, please don't do this." Goes, yeah, can I just get a beef cheese steak with the? Uh... I'm like, oh, she's she's chewing him death rage. She's gonna kill him with American cheese, please. And can I get that with um? Can I get with some barbecue sauce? Oh no! Why would you do this? Those flavors don't work. And I'm looking at him like, oh no. And she's looking at him like, I don't know where you got your fancy foo-foo friend from, but he needs to leave. <laughs> now, to their credit, they made this for him. And we walked. I paid her and we walked out. And he was like, wow, she was rude. She was giving me death glares the whole time. And I'm thinking to myself, I literally told you how to order a cheesesteak. And if you were not comfortable, I would do it for you before walking into this place. Jesus okay, so, fucking so Christ. Okay, hold on. Make make believe you're standing behind me, right? Yeah. And I go up. Yeah. And I say, uh, beef pepper jack with uh, green bell mayo. Yeah, they do it. They do it. I mean, they might raise an eyebrow at the mayo, but it's fine. It's not uncommon to heard of. Yeah, see, see like, see, like yeah. My, my point here is that may- mayo and green bells are probably the least offensive thing you could put on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people do, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You guys are making it's me like want. It's like milk and coffee. You, guys are... you know, it's like yeah, okay, you're not taking it black, whatever. But it's not... you guys are making me yeah. want to get like a fucking cheesesteak now. Thanks. <laughs> do you know, do you know what? I, I, I think my biggest achievement up here is still finding a good cheesesteak. Like I'm an hour and a half away from Philadelphia, and I can still find a good cheesesteak. I have a superpower. It's like... All right, here's my follow. Here's my follow up around the cheesesteak subject. Mm. Favorite deli sandwich. Oh, cheesesteak not the option. You're at a deli. I'll get an Italian. Um, You're okay, going to have to uh, describe that for the audience. Oh. Some people might not know what an Italian okay, is. I mean, I know. I'm just yeah, saying. No, I, I get something like that's a uh, uh, like a white bread or, or, or a bread that's got some um, maybe like cheese on top, like like baked wind cheese or, or uh, like something, something on top, you know, uh, with so, uh, lettuce, mayo, uh, tomato. And then like salami and a ham, and if I'm feeling real spicy, maybe some pepperonis in it too. And then maybe like toss some white wine, not white. What's a, what is it? Like olive oil in there too, and salt and pepper. Boom, perfectly mm. good. I, I love that. My one complaint on that is I don't think mixing salami and pepperoni is a good idea. You should just say Genoa. Uh, oh, yeah. Just cut cut through the middle, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I should just do that from now on. But, yeah, but that's what I would do. I'd get the ham, Genoa, and, and, and then everything else I stated, and then I'll have that, you know, with, like I said, with some olive oil and salt and pepper, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine, you know? It's good. Al- alternatively, you could probably go for uh, Genoa, Mortadella, Parma. That's, oh, that's so good. With some... Uh, Provolone. No, I'm gonna say Provolone red peppers. <gasps> Ooh. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. My but answer... not, but not like, but not like freshly chopped red. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like they gotta be like the mushy red. Yeah, no, I get you, Adam. What about you? I think, I think I'm gonna hurt fly when I say a Cuban. What's a Cuban? No, that's fine. I yeah. haven't had a good Cuban. I found a place that has Cubans. They're not super great, but it, you know, I'll take something over nothing. 
I haven't found a good Cuban up here, but well, there used to be a diner where I used to live in Philly that had a really good Cuban. Um, so for the for the people back home, because I don't actually have a Cuban until I came to the states. This is I've never heard of a Cuban people. either. You basically take like it's it, they call it Cuban bread. Um, best to describe it, it's like a soft chia batter bread. Uh, it's mustard, pickles, usually Swiss cheese, uh, pork, typically roast pork, ham, and then you put it in a panini and you smush Ooh. that motherfucker. It's very very good. Particularly if you like me and if you like pickles, and particularly like the combination of pickles and yellow mustard, which I very much do. That, that's it's got to be yellow coffee. mustard, specifically. Not, yellow. not Dijon, not brown, not spicy, yellow. Yeah, it's it's very, very much inspired by like a lot of the pork dishes you see from uh, mm. from that part of the world, from Cuba and those parts of the uh, the islands out that way. Yeah, so I'm looking yeah, at... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I decided for the sake of t- discussing it, I'm like, oh yeah, what exactly is in a Cuban? And then they're giving me a roast pork recipe, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to steal this recipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just yeah, going to steal yeah. this recipe. What do I got in it? Oh, you know, olive oil, orange juice, lime juice, brown sugar, mm-hmm. kosher salt, paprika, cumin, garlic, uh, fuck it, whatever. But you smush that motherfucker down in a panini press. Oh, pork tenderloin? Oy. Okay. Oy. So now- you forgot the one thing on the Cuban. Hmm? Ham? The pickle. The pickle oh, the slice. You got on the side of the yes. plate. I, I said pickles I do like already, the pickles. Yeah, you did. You're okay, right. I will say, you have, you have I, I will say, one of my favorite places to get a, a, um, a sandwich from is um, McAllister's Deli. Now, I don't know mm. if you guys have ever been to a McAllister's before, if you've ever tried it. I'm not sure if maybe it's like a, a uh, South. I don't think it's an Okay, so thing. this is definitely South South thing. Okay, cool. So. It's a really great deli place. It's a, it's a chain. Um, they have them like I used to eat one in Oklahoma all the time. There's one in Texas I used to eat at. I think there's one right up the street from me, which I'm debating to order from uh, as we speak. Uh, even though I already ate, I still want it. But they've got two chi- they got two sandwiches out there, and it's they have a um, one that's a sweet and smoky chicken, which I really like. It's a seasoned grilled chicken with sharp cheddar and spicy sweet chipotle peach sauce on the toasted uh, ciabatta bread. Yeah, really great. The other one I really like okay. is the spicy Southwest chicken they have. It's grilled chicken, roasted corn, poblano, and black bean relish, pepper jack, avocado, and chipotle ranch on a toasted jalapeno roll. Both really great sandwiches. They oh, it's just uh, so good. I, I'm I'm I want one right now because <laughs> we're talking about sandwiches now. We're talking about sandwiches. Fuck. This is a food episode. It started out with me talking about a stoner sandwich from fucking Friendly, so you know. I, it, it's gonna happen. Flyer, what about you? Right, I guess it's time. I guess it's time for me to say what mine is. It reigns supreme in kosher delis, despite not being kosher at all. Is it a Reuben? Yeah, it's the Reuben. I love Reuben. Yeah. Ali. For those of you at home that don't know what the Reuben is. It is uh, corned beef, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing, between two slices of rye, and grilled. Oh, God. That's it. Nothing else. Sounds so good. And I want to take this moment to say I do not want the Rachel. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> the Rachel? What? The Rachel swaps out the corned beef for pastrami Ooh. and the sauerkraut for coleslaw. See, I'm not the biggest fan of corned beef, so I would probably keep the sauerkraut, but swap the corned beef for the pastrami. And I want to, while we're on the subject of deli sandwiches, I have to talk about the king of the delis, the the known emperor of this mm-hmm. dimension, Katz 
K A T Z Cats. That's the place in Brooklyn, right? Uh, I want to say that's in. I want to say they're in Manhattan. Hmm. But you can order things from them nationwide. Ooh. Which is psychotic. Let me give you an idea. Where are we? Uh, let, let, let's look at Katz's holiday, uh, uh, birthday box. Let's take a look at this. Let's take a look. What, what, what do we got? You get a pound of pastrami. Jesus. A pound of corned beef. Jesus. Uh, half a loaf of uh, deli rye bread. A pound of Swiss cheese. A quart of sour pickles. A quart of half sour pickles. Eight ounces of mustard. Eight ounces of Reuben dressing, which I assume is Thousand Island or Russian. Eight ounces of sauerkraut. And a package of black and white cookies. That's a lot. How much is that? For, uh, let's see here. Uh, a hundo 30. That's actually not bad when you can see the price. Yeah. For 25 more dollars, you can add a pound of pastrami to this mix. Pumping the whole thing up to 160. These guys will just ship you deli meat if you're in the in the uh, continental United States and Canada. So if you ever woke up one morning and go, you know what I want? You know what I want? I want a pound of tongue. <laughs> you can get it. So look at that website. God, even if you're in the local area, it's expensive. Like I'm looking at like. To order a half meat sandwich from Matsable Soup is $22. Jesus Christ, New York is expensive. But you gotta remember, uh, I'm gonna tell you the year that Katz was uh, was established. Would you like to know that one? It's 1888, isn't it? Correct, it is 1888. It is a 124-year-old... No. It's 34-year-old... Yeah, yeah, kosher. I, I may or may not be on that website right now. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, I figured I would spell it out for the people who don't know how to write cats because it is a, you know, K-A-T-Z apostrophe S cats deli. Or, or K-A-T-Z if you speak correct English. Slap him. No. <laughs> You're lucky the pear wiggler isn't nearby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to try it. I, I there's so many like f like big food places that I really want to go to, and I know that whenever I go visit uh, Adam, which we're still trying to work out a date on mm. to go do that. I'm thinking sometime around March, around my birthday or whatever. I want to come up northeast and try these places. Oh my god, they have rugala. 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 Want to try it? No, ah, A C H. Rugala. Jewish pastries. Oh, I want to try it. Got babka. I want to try all of it. Oh, there's so much stuff I want to try. They got black and white cookies. But yeah, Devin, we'll have to on the honestly on the way back from the airport, we'll probably stop and get down a side. Hella, it's just not even a joke. You have to order for me because I will be jet joke. lagged. And I don't know how to order it because I know you've told me how to do I it, but do I'm it. bad. And Alej, you think? Okay, like I could order food no problem, but sometimes I'll go and I'll get a and I'll you know say whatever nope. I want. No, Ale? No, back of the line. No, no, Ale is. I have to order for her because she takes a while. Like I love her to death. I do. I love my wife. Uh, to the to death, but she cannot Adam, order. Make food. sure you get him black and white cookies. <laughs> It'll be um. So Delisandra's post COVID has actually switched to a hole in the wall, hole in the wall operation. Mm -hmm. So you either order through a screen or you phone in an order. 
Uh, for the record, apparently, if you d- I always find and I always order properly. Apparently, if you don't, they will hang up on you. What the fuck? So <laughs> it's Philly, dude. Suck it oh up. Oh my god. Uh, you can't be rude. Yeah, just call like, back and do it correctly. Uh, dumb, like, dumb. like, like my wife. Devin, my wife just threw stuff at me because I said she can't order food sometimes, and I'm not wrong. I love her, but honey, come on, Devin. Devin, I think with your wife, you're discovering the unofficial catchphrase of Philadelphia. Get bent. No, fuck around and find out. <laughs> the city of brotherly love. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Basically. I mean, brothers fight sometimes. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I forget, brotherly love is suspended on game day. Yes. That's true. You are sim- you are supposed to commit Geneva Convention violations on game day. <laughs> or make jokes about Robert Kraft and his hand jobs. Oh my god. Hey, while we're on the topic of making fun of people, whatever happened to David Dremen, and where is our boy? Ah, uh, yes. Xander has defeated David Draymond in the Lost Zone, but I'm not sure if defeat is the appropriate word. For now, he's being shown unspeakable horrors that show him that everyone he's ever looked up to as a child sucks. Damn, I suck. Well, uh, more like I'm saying uh, he, he learned recently about Chuck Norris being a big sack of shit. I'm like, yeah, bro, you didn't know that? And he's like, no, I didn't. I have contacted him yeah, in, the, in the Lost Dimension, by the way. And it, yeah. Look, if you're cool, you always knew that Bruce Lee was the better oh, guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but that he's I miss you, Bruce and Brandon. <laughs> he's on a he's on a self discovery journey, and I wish him well. I've gotten in contact with him. Uh, he says he might have a way back, uh, so we might not need that seventh Dragon Ball, but I definitely want it still. So, you know, just in case he does come back and I have a wish just on him. in case, you know, yeah. we can use it to wish for something cool. Yeah. Like what? shitty movies. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I brought it back. <laughs> Fucking hell yeah. So, hey, oh hey, hey, I know how we can combine both of these. Shitty Dragon Ball movies? No, shitty movies and food. Okay. Oh yeah, food combination. There was a movies. riff track special about the chicken of tomorrow. Chicken of tomorrow. It, what the fuck? Okay, hold on. What the fuck is chicken of tomorrow? Is this you like want me to eating? give you the rundown on the chicken of tomorrow? <laughs> Please. Is this like eating okay, KFC a, and watching uh, the day after tomorrow? What's up, Adam? I say, like, is this like eating KFC and watching the day after tomorrow? <laughs> no. Uh, the chicken uh, of tomorrow was a uh, short put out by the USDA. <laughs> Back in the 40s, 50s, or 60s, I don't remember. And it was addressed to poultry farmers. Essentially what it was, was uh, the USDA was holding a contest. Because they they wanted to produce uh, chicken yield. Okay. And if if you know anything about the poultry trade, you know that it is a nightmare. One of the worst things you could ever witness... In your entire life? Yes. For example, uh, would you like to guess how old uh, chickens are before they get turned into nuggies? Not even a, a few days about... old. No, mm. it's, more, it's, it's, it's like three, four months. It's very, very young. Let me see if I actually pull it up. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I know, I know, I know they're chicks and they, they have their, their feathers and everything. So I guess a couple, about a month or so at least. Yeah. It's just actually the weird. Let me give you an idea. Uh, the average chicken back in 1957 mm-hmm. weighed 905 grams. Yeesh. The average chicken of 2005 weighed mm-hmm. 4,202 grams. Jesus hmm. Christ. Now, for those of you paying attention to the home game, 
That's nearly a four times, four times yield increase. That's huge. Back in the, back in 1950, the average chicken was slaughtered after uh, 68 days. Mm. In 2008, the average chicken, which as we said weighed four times as much, was slaughtered after 47 days. Yep, so I was close to them with like two and a half. A month, month and a half. And, uh, a month and a half. Hmm. Jesus. Now, as I said, the whole hmm. point of this was uh, to, to increase chicken yield. Because uh, could, could su- could, uh, consumption of chickens had gone through the roof in the 20th century, and uh, supply was an issue. So if you can produce more chickens that produce more meat, that produce more eggs for roughly the same cost, hey, you just did better as a farmer. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, the follow-up to this is that Rift Tracks, which, if you you heard uh, Devin say the word, Mystery Science Theater uh, again with the same people. Hmm. But with the original cast, but not right? the but not the new thing called Mystery Science Theater, which is a whole different thing. This is the original cast of MST3. Oh K shit! Yeah, doing their own bit doesn't include the Mads, uh, who are uh, Frank Conniff and Trace Ballou. They have their own thing. I don't remember what it was called. I want to say it was. I want to say it involved the words either the Mads or the Bads or something like that. But yes, keep going. Tell us about tell us about what you saw on Rift Tracks. These awful films. Oh, okay. So, so I was watching uh, Star Games, uh, the the movie I was mm. I was telling you about, and how it's like fuck awful, right? Uh, and yeah, it, it's bad. Like it's really bad. It's like it's trying to do like a space story, but like it's poorly told, and like it, the pace is weird. Like the main kid has diabetes, and. Uh, he gets mad because his dad, you know, keeps, he, he's like, okay, fun fact. Here's something I think Adam might like. So, so w- when it cuts to this kid, the first time you see him, the first thing you see this kid doing, he's playing doom on his PC. Fuck yeah. yeah. So the kid's base, he has a Sega, uh, what's that? What was the handheld Sega game? It was, uh, not the nomad, game the game. game gear. Yes. He had a Sega game gear. He's playing Sonic two. And then he gets chased by a bear. Uh, because it's well, okay. So, so let me let me go back. <laughs> Skip all the way to the bear. So, like, um, he has a Sega Game Gear, and uh, his dad's like, "Oh, you're on that game too much," as us parents say back in you know the old times. Go outside, touch grass, whatever. Who cares? Um, so they go on a they're going on a trip, and he's got to have his medicine because you know he's he's diabetic. And um, while they're on this trip. Uh, they go outside, you know, they go to the lake and when they get to the lake, a bear shows up and chases the kid off and it's just, it's a mess watching this kid run from the bear. The parents are freaking out, but the whole time that this is happening, or I guess right before it happens, it's like, there's this whole space thing going on where like, there's this evil bad guy who is trying to take over this kingdom who has advanced technology and the 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 kingdom sends like the prince he's trying to get the prince to to get the king to do his bidding and the king sends the prince off you know to save him where the prince no the prince takes a, a, a i was watching some riff tracks and i was halfway paying attention so i'm trying to be consistent here but um essentially the kid escapes he takes his mom's spaceship he flies off 
and he crash lands Wait, on no, Earth. Is a spaceship now? Huh? The kid is a spaceship. No, now? it's a different kid. There's two different kids. It's you have There's to watch kids. it. It's bad. Okay, it's just it's so bad, and I don't want to spoil how they how they beat the bad guy because it's so fucking stupid. It's bad, dude. It's it it's so dumb. Um. And I can see why it has a 1.6 on IMDb because it was just so awful. But then it got me thinking, how many more of these bad films just exist that I just have not ever heard of? Like, they were so bad, no one watched them, They or they were straight to DVD, straight to VHS, no one watched it, and no one talks about them. Like, how many missing films do you think there are, you know? There's a ton of them, and here's the funny thing. So, there's a lot of shit that comes out right now at the indie scene, and the reason why is when it comes to a major production studio, right? right? They usually have the budget to produce, let's be real, maybe 12 to 15 films a year, and they're going to be hella selective over what 12 to 15 they put out, and they're going to be very, very, very careful where they put their money, they're going to research it, say yes, no, maybe, maybe buy a script, they never use it, you know, they'll go from there, you know? Uh... There's a bit of quality control. I hate to say it, but there really is a bit of quality control with these people. Mm-hmm. When it comes mm-hmm. to the indie scene, it's fucking... It's a free-for-all, dude. Someone who can't be told no will just go off and shoot it and raise money themselves and off they fucking go. And then we wind up with, you know, half a dozen goddamn Krampus horror films that no one wanted. <laughs> or Tammy and the T-Rex. Or look, Slenderman horror films. Look, the okay, modern- Tammy and the T-Rex is a fucking classic and you lay that Oh, off. okay, all right. <laughs> That's a banger. That is an actual <laughs> banger. What were you going to say, Flair? Please, Please watch Tower of the T-Rex. Suburban Sasquatch. Suburban Sasquatch. Ah! I don't think I've seen that one either. Also known as we did not get permit to film in town, so we went to the woods. Oh, my Which God. is the sign of a true indie film. I'm not paid for this permit. Tower Let's record and run. How much to get a, it costs how much to get a permit to film in the city? Fuck that. I'm going to the woods. I mean, give, I've got to show Fly Time the T-Rex. I've got to show Fly Time the We T-Rex. need to. It's yes, so I love fun. that movie. But speaking of, like, getting a permit, weren't we, we were watching Ed Wood, I think. And, like, yes. wasn't there a scene where they were recording in town? And they're like, do you have a permit? And they, like, just grabbed all their shit and ran. So, yeah, it was. They, they saw a cop coming up, and they were just like, oh, it's a policeman. We don't have a permit. Run! <laughs> oh my god. See, I think that's very much a thing. I'm pretty sure that happened pretty frequently in, in early Hollywood or just early filmmaking in general. Oh, all the damn time. All the damn time. And nowadays they just make a green screen set so I'm going to worry about getting a fucking permit. Dude, I mean, green screens have come a long way, but man, you can still tell when it's a fucking green screen sometimes. And, and, and speaking of that... Man, modern films use so much special effects. It's just like, I get you're trying to go for fantastical stuff, but like, I don't know. Whatever happened to suit design? You know, whatever happened to like, like having the outfits for these people or, or, or just like practical effects, like watching Tom Savini in that, in that, um, uh, day of the dead or the dawn of the dead, uh, video that you showed us. Watching him, all the documentary, yeah, yeah. Watching the documentary and watching him do all the practical effects made me get like a real appreciation for it. And I'm just like, why don't we do that anymore? Like, why? It's just, it's just all computer generated. I mean, like, is it because it's cheaper? Here, let me tell you a side story okay. that answers your question. Okay. Did you know that uh, I want to say a few months ago, Disney put out a uh, one of their live action, re- big quote, live action remakes of Which Pinocchio. One? Oh God. Uh, oh yeah. 
Did you know that in the movie about puppets, there are none? That doesn't shock me. Do you know why? It's not to pay for a puppeteer, maybe? I, I don't... Adam, would you like to take a guess why? I'm hazarding a guess because they were all green screened in. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously why, didn't, why didn't they get any puppeteer? Why didn't they get any actual... Because there's no actual actors. It's all digital models. Like, it was that stupid Lion King, quote-unquote. Yeah, right obviously there. that's the case. But why didn't they get anybody, any puppeteers? Can you hazard union? a guess? Correct answer! Oh puppeteers are unionized! I had no idea. So instead of... Let that be the answer as to why, hey, how come all the practical effects people seem to be disappearing? Ooh, okay. I didn't I didn't think of that. So since these film studios are too fucking cheap to pay for union actors or union uh Special yeah. effects people are not Oh man, that's that's terrible. Anybody about... can get premiere. Wow. Last well, after effects visibly, but yeah. I had no clue. Same thing. Man. I that ugh. capitalism you've ruined yet another thing. Now here's the thing. I don't imagine that Ed Wood and his ilk back in the day were unionized. I don't imagine that was the case. No. But on the other hand, Ed Wood did not have several billion dollars to throw at projects or he wouldn't have made uh, Plan 9 from outer space. He would not have. No. What a fucking mess of a film that is. I still can't believe I watched that. Okay. I, I still cannot believe we watched that. We double featured it, right? We watched Ed Wood and then Plan 9. Yeah. Yeah, I Look, find it better no, to do it the other round, but yeah. Knowing what you know about Ed Wood, it starts to become a very sad story when you actually watch his films, knowing full well what's happening behind them. Yeah. Whew. And how he died as well. Which and the fact sad. that he single-handedly tried to save Bella Lugosi's life. Yeah. When everyone else had given up. I actually got really upset at that scene when he found out Bella passed away. I was like, I was tears, man. I was like, oh, man. That's his I friend. Mean, uh, without, without a joke, he's one of the few people that tried to get Bella, like, out of being a fucking morphine addict. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so sad. It's, it's, it's. Ed Wood understood why films were important. Ed Wood understood why the artistry of these things are important. The only thing that Ed Wood did not understand was the damn near impossible task of securing funding. I mean... Or rather, he understood all too well the yeah. impossible task of acquiring funding. He just had no clue that he had to play within the system in order to get it. I guess that can be said why all these shitty movies do exist, too, because they're indie and they don't have the money to make, you know, or, or, or do what they want to do, so they have to kind of just settle for what they can get. Because, like, the green screen yeah. effects in, in that movie, Star Games, that I told you about, Adam, the green screen effects are fucking awful, and they reuse shots so many times you think you're watching a Power Rangers episode. Like, it's insane. Yeah, well, it's not. saving money. Yeah. A large part of it also is a lot of these indie horror films that we see a lot of these. I'm singling these out because you see a lot of really bad indie horror films. A lot of them are trying to achieve the virality moment. Um, and you can blame things like Blair Witch for this. Mm. Blair Witch where, was like the first real example of this type of indie horror film that somehow managed to grab attention like that. Yeah. Because I think they were in the same boat of they had no money, but they had a camera and you don't need a permit to film in the woods. Make a horror movie. 
a lot of it with the Blair Witch as well was they didn't even intend for it to get a major theatrical release. They intended to sell it on like hotel closed television as rentals, you know? Like that was how it was supposed to go. I think the thing was, what was the Blair Witch Project's budget? It was fucking. I'm googling this thing. I mean, it's like a, a what was that kind of horror? It was like found footage horror, right? Yeah, yeah it's not the, found it's not footage. What is quickly being referred to as like analog. Yeah. So it was sixty thousand dollars was the budget for Blair Witch Project, and they could have sold it for a hundred grand to a hotel chain and made that money. It made two hundred and eighty-six million dollars and spawned an entire franchise. Uh, so it's not the original found footage horror film. I mean that arguably goes to Cannibal Holocaust, but I think Blair Witch was the first more mainstream. It was the first successful one. Well, okay, Cannibal Holocaust Grossly was successful success. one. Yeah. Yeah, Grossly it. Cannibal Holocaust was successful, but for a lot of different reasons. Don't recommend watching it. A lot of different things. Uh, Italian exploitation from the uh from the seventies. Gotta love it. Uh but like it's a lot of them kind of a lot of them are trying to re- replicate that Blair Witch variety. A lot of them are also now intentionally having like a bad scene or a bad moment, in the hopes that some you know someone puts it on YouTube and goes, "Oh look at this fucking thing," and we can thank Tommy Wiseau for that Jesus. shit. That's a different fucking story. Thank you, Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. I'm I have beef with Tommy. Like I've mm, read the book, the disaster mm. artist that Greg Sestero made, and. It's very interesting seeing oh, the just... the insides of, of how that movie came to be. And the movie, I watched the movie after reading the book. Um, or no, I read the book before the movie came out, I should say. And the movie of pretty much beat for beat follows the book. I mean, there's some things they added for, for fun. But uh, for the most part, it's just, it, it's really weird. You know, like, where did Tommy get $6 million? How the hell did that happen? The thing that irks me, honestly, about Tommy Wiseau is, and the room getting, you know, to the level it has, is I hate giving Doug Nostalgia Critic, what the hell is last name, credit for anything. I really do. Doug if it Walker. Wasn't for the, thank you. If it wasn't for the fact that, like, Wiseau got butthurt over him doing a review over this film, caused a shit show, caused an internet kind of backlash. And then suddenly backtracked and went, oh, actually, it's a comedy. And just started letting people make fun of it. You know, half out of spite, honestly, for a while there. And then half kind of started leaning into the joke, he wouldn't have this. And I'm just like, you literally intentionally abused a broken copyright system to get your way. Had it backfire on you and then, oh, actually, it's a comedy. I was only pretending to be a moron. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. It's called literally anybody who's posted on 4chan. (laughs) Yeah, like, and I'm just like, Oh God! And I was like pretending uh, to be an idiot. Sorry, it just irks me to know. No, that. I mean that's fine. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, no, that's objectively a shitty thing to do for for sure. Um, I, I'll be real. I had not heard of the Nostalgia Critic until like 2015, and yeah, I remember when this was all going down. Yeah, and because I didn't really ever watch his stuff because I just I wasn't really YouTube at the time. Um, and I hadn't really watched The Room until my wife got me to watch it because we were going to watch a movie together. We're going to watch the, so we were long distance at the time. And this is before Discord was actually like decent and you could like share your screen with, with people like at a, at a decent rate. Um, and we were using, we were yeah. still using Skype. And, um, so we were watching, I was watching, uh, we were going to watch The Princess, uh, Bride. I think, yeah, the pr- yeah we were watching Princess Bride together, and we couldn't get it to work over over Skype, 
They're like, well, shit, what do we watch instead? And she's like, well, we could watch The Room together. I'm like, what's what's The Room? She's like, well, it's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. So we can just start at the same time and watch it. I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. So we started watching it together. And holy shit, this, that, like, like, it's just become like an inside joke with us. It's not, I mean, everyone else knows The Room. Everyone's seen The Room. But like, between me and her, like, we would just like reference like The Room at each other. We'd say the lines at each other just, you know, just to make each other laugh. So like, I have a special place in my heart for that movie. I know it's bad. I know the guy who made it is not a great and the, how it found its its audience currently, I guess, through through Nostalgia Critic or, or whatever, uh, it sucks because you know everyone involved in that is is you know the story i don't, I don't think i gotta jump into that yeah, too deep you you made doug walker like a decent human being yeah. like that's fucking impressive but <laughs> adam throwing shade on the youtuber but with that being said i still like oh i haven't watched it in a few years i would say it's been about three or four years since i've watched it but i did enjoy it when i watch it with my wife and sometimes we'll just reference it or watch it just whenever we're bored because it's just it's it's a stupid bad movie um, and, and for that matter, I think it's great to have bad movies and have riff tracks and stuff over like, I love riffing over movies. Like I'm not, I'm not like mystery space theater level of good at it, but I like, I like to imagine that I'm, I'm somewhat decent at it. Look, I'm going to paraphrase a little known author called Alan Moore. Oh yes. It's important not only to read good books, but to read bad books so you can understand why what they've done is bad and not fall into the same pitfalls. By the same logic, it's good to have good movies, but it's also good to watch bad movies so you can understand what they did wrong to not fall into the same pitfalls. Yeah. Like, if I ever made a movie, I wouldn't have uh, three two-minute-long sex scenes with characters going, ugh, in the, in the here's mic. The, here's the thing. If I made a movie, I would know that I probably could not edit it worse than Taken 3 was edited. <laughs> or or yeah. the uh, the fucking uh, uh, Queen biopic with, like, what, 74 cuts and, like, a, a two-minute or a one-minute-long scene? Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing with that is, you gotta remember these bad books and these bad movies. They're published. Yeah, they're out there in a movie theater. They're in bookstores. You could probably make a better thing than them. You just haven't yet. Yeah, and it's almost a little empowering to think about because you're like, oh, I could make something better than this. So go do it. Do it if you're so fucking smart. No, not. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't phrase no, it that I way. I know, I know, but I mean, I would phrase I would phrase it as nut up or shut. Yeah. yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. And on that, and on that very oddly uh, optimistic note, compared to last week, we were going for an hour and three quarters, gentlemen. Do you want to call it that? Uh, well, I, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. One last thing, and while I, st oh. I still think it's fresh in everybody's mind, da -da 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 the Game Awards. Oh, fun. <laughs> so, aside from God of War and Elden Ring winning everything, we, there was one announcement that I genuinely gave a shit about. Armored Core 6, let's go. Hell yeah. Um, 
they, they, they're, they're like, yeah, no, we know the last time we had a game in this series was 10 years ago. Fuck you, Armored Core 6. They're not rebooting it. They're not calling it something else. It's not like a soft reboot or anything. Like, no, man, it's a, it's a sequel. We're getting sixth one. Let's go. I am, I am hype. I love Armored Core. I love making giant robots. I love making giant robots fight. Let's, let's fucking do this shit. Now I'm even more into Gundam now. I was into Armored Core before I was into Gundam, for that matter. Before I was into Gurren Logon, for that matter. I, I was into... My first introduction to giant robots was was Armored Core, all right? This is like... This is my mecha mecha, if you will. So I... I I'm Your mecha my mecha mecha. mecha. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. <laughs> so like, bro, I am hype, Okay. Because I I know I I don't like Soulsborne games I I can't stand them I do not like Souls players have been eating too good yes you Soulsborne players have been eating too good for too long fuck you it's Arbor Core City now you're about to learn a listen, real from game listen we we had to live off of scraps we had to consider Chrome Hounds and Damon X Machina as our stand-ins and you had th- th- an entire genre born. It's our city now. I miss Chrome Hounds. Please, Sega, <laughs> if you're watching this, bring Chrome Hounds back. I actually did like David X just, Machina, too. It's pretty fun. I'm just waiting on them to announce this game, and it turns out it's a Mecha Warrior game, but in terms of like a, uh, a Soulsborne-style gameplay standard, I want it for Devon to piss No, it stuff. won't be like that. It's going to follow the Armored Core tradition. It better not, or I'm going to show up at Miyazaki's next award ceremony. <laughs> An animation stunlocked <laughs> him from behind. <laughs> Isn't that what that kid did? Oh my god. No, <laughs> oh. Miyazaki could have backstabbed him and he chose not to. Presumably because he thought that the uh, kid would lag switch his way out of the backstab and appear behind him to get his own backstab. This yeah, happens in real that? multiplayer. So I wasn't really paying attention. They were streaming it in our Discord call, but I was half watching it for the announcements. I was playing everything something else at the time. And I should not get what You the were playing FIFA. You were trying to get the US, the, the Burger and Fries World Cup winners. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was it, that was it. I think as we failed with Canada. Um, that was it. And I was like, what the hell was it doing with this kid? Like, He he like, went up on stage. He's a, he was, he was a Jewish prankster. Like, so is, it, is he actually Jewish, or is he just like InfoWars? Well, he at least knows Hebrew. That much we know. Because uh, Jason Schreier, I think is his name, the, the uh, actual jur- the one mm. journalist who works at Kotaku. He blocked me. <laughs> asked, at, he did me too, I don't know why. I've never <laughs> said anything bad on Twitter.com. Unless it was about <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I think he's got me blocked. So make a anyway, uh, Jason Schreier asked him a question in Hebrew. Yeah. And like they were video calling. And he saw that the kid actively perked up. Looked mm. like he was thinking about the question. Jason Schreier asked him, like, oh, did you get what I said? And then he, he's like, no, no, not really. But he very actively looked like he knew what was going on. Yes. And I don't know, but if you're not Jewish, you don't really have a reason to learn Hebrew. He's got a point. Because, like, the, the, the kid uh, I mean, you know, you're really... not is, Israel isn't taking over the global marketplace anytime soon. Because, like, the kid was putting on a really bad accent. I don't think it was an accent. Like, in this case, no, it was he was trying to make himself sound like older and like an older Jew, like like New Yorker. Eating you know, he like, was trying to do the thing where he's coming from the country, you know. Yeah, that voice. He was trying to do it, and it was just it sounded really fucking weird. Like I had no idea what this was until I had to go to like, where's this kid come from? Like, what the fuck kid? Well, about? Apparently, well, you, whole way- go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, 
Well, so so what was going to say? Apparently, from, from like there's been conflicting reports about this kid. Um, he was arrested, and yeah, well, and uh, the conflicting reports are either he was on Infowars and it was like a anti-Semitic sort of statement he made about his reformed rabbi Bill Clinton, quote unquote. Um, yeah. or he's just some prankster, and at this point, I don't know which is which. I hope he's not anti-Semitic because that's bad. Don't do that. Um, but it's still just weird that the security failed so amazingly and utterly, ridiculously badly that this well, kid just I walked up on stage. Why? Because the kid walked up like he fucking lived there. Well, like well, he yeah. got up when they got up. Like they didn't think to vet the parties that were going up with people. No. Because Miyazaki goes up, his interpreter goes up, Jeff Keighley's has spent the award, and this kid's just there. And what? See, I was waiting for them to introduce him. It's like, oh, yeah, and this is the let me solo her guy. Right? And that That's didn't a... happen. I was expecting it to be like, oh, this is our make a wish kid. You know, we said it, he, this, is, this, is, this is Tony. He's fighting, I don't know, stage seven. He's fighting Molly. <laughs> Bone yeah, cancer. he's fighting. He, he's fighting the Scarlet Rock. He has been like afflicted that, you know? by millennia, and he's been allowed to come here with us. Yeah, I, I thought it was like that. Like, oh, this is this is Toby. You know, he's 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 here. You he's know, got the Scarlet Rot. You know, it happens. Yeah, yeah the dog that like... does eleven million damage per second got at him, and you know how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, because I, I watch the clip back and I'm just like, who is it? And the second he grabs the microphone, security starts casually walking over like, what the fuck is this? They start gazing into view. I'm sorry, yeah. but just of all the things you could have said, why would you say, I like that this nomination goes out to my reformed rabbi? I'd like to nominate yeah. this award to my uh, orthodox reformed rabbi I Bill Clinton. Like, of all the things you could say. Nominate. I think it was like dedicate. Yeah. I don't think he actually had anything planned, and he just and he realized at that point that he was caught up in what he had just did, and he's like, oh, shit. Well, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just, it, oh, Look, you have, the, you have the world say, you could have said anything, you say that. Like, bro. You could have said, fuck the Oscars, have been just real funny. Yeah. And then casually win best game of the year award. Fucking two years later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just still I, it's it's just funny. I feel like the whole game awards thing. I know we talked about this last week, but I'm, I'm gonna jump off this real quick. We'll end the one of those. But it's just it's so funny that the entire game awards is just an excuse for you know Kojima and uh, Keeley to meet up and then go on a nice date after it's all over. I mean, let's be real. We yeah. saw the pictures on Twitter afterwards. They were all hanging out. Hold on. Sometimes Reggie is there. Sometimes Reggie's there. You know, as a, as a third Reggie's wheel. in the after party. And Kojima seems to be more excited to be with Reggie than to be with Jeff. <laughs> but, no, it's just that's... He's like, oh, I know Reggie. I've seen a Nintendo. <laughs> but, like, that's what it feels like. I feel like the whole thing... I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious if Kojima has already scanned Al Pacino. Like, like he had to have, right? Mm. Um, so, not to go back to this kid, right? But so I was quickly Google this kid. Apparently, he's known for doing this. Really? So, what, just uh, coming so, up, what, just going to award ceremonies and nominating yeah. things for Bill Clinton? No. So apparently, in like in like 2019 at BlizzCon, he interrupted a panel by shouting "Free Hong Kong," and he's that kid from the Clippers game a few years ago who like held up the Hong Kong T-shirt. Oh, the so camera he's, had to suddenly cut away from. So he's big quotes, uh, funny. Oh. Like, I don't know if he's supposed to be funny, but like, thing is, like, like more of the online activities are all about Hong Kong. Like, this is new. This reform Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton is like, what the fuck? It's the same kid. 
Same kid. Huh. I'll be right back. Like what? That's interesting. What? I had, I had no idea. I, I'm, I'm okay. So maybe he's not like an anti-Semitic shithead. I, I have no clue. Like, what is this kid? What is his ammo? Like, why would you? If you're gonna go out there and do that, and you've got a whole record of doing things for like free Hong Kong, why would you not go up and just keep that? Go- I, I don't know. I have no clue. Like, what? Like, why would you not do like what the World Cup pitch and fader did and run on field with like the the, the gay pride flag and a t-shirt? Well, I think I think on the front it said uh, "For Ukraine." On the back it said uh, "Respect Iranian Women." I think it said. Why would you do something like that? Let's. I, I don't get this kid. I think maybe he just wants his 15 minutes of fame back. I don't fucking know. I'm confused now because I'm just kind of like I thought the I thought the conspiracy with Bill Clinton was that he was a chubby chaser. I'm wasn't the joke for years. I mean, I think I think the whole thing with Bill Clinton is that uh, he got his his junk sucked in the office. So damn right, I did. Yeah. I can't do and it. then Monica Lewinsky on on Twitter is like, "Yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the woman for all those rap songs." I'm like, "Yes, you are. Yes, you are, Miss <laughs> Lewinsky. With Monica Lewinsky filling on his nutsack, I'm an MC still is on. You know, you know. So I'm gonna stop right there. That's a pretty good brag. Huh? That's a pretty good brag. You're the most name drop political figure. <laughs> like that's a pretty good, yeah. That's like you know what I mean. When you think about it, if you are, you are. I I gotta say, um, growing up in the '90s, and then like. Knowing who Monica Lewinsky is without knowing who Monica Lewinsky is, is is yeah. not only is it weird, but secondly, when you learn who Monica Lewinsky is and why she was in all those songs, at that point you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I understand now. <laughs> I just, like, I never got why Americans started cackling about blue dresses and now I realize. Yeah. Now you know. Oh my now God. You know. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I love it. This is a weird episode, by the way. We went from like talking about food for like an hour and a half to like bad movies to now the Game Awards and Monica Lewinsky. Oh man, um, I think we should just wait for Flyer to get back and then we will end the episode. So uh, we'll just have this cut out. Yeah, like so I'm looking at a bunch of review- oh, sorry, reviews, a bunch of articles about this kid, and they're all confused. And it's like, is it supposed to be some kind of far right wing conspiracy? Is it just this kid is just a prankster? Like what is this? Who knows? Like, but what we do know is that it was a weird ass night. <laughs> yeah. The, I, okay. So, so apparently, someone on Vice claimed he was an Infowars, but like, when he was twelve, and it was, it's Vice. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm trying to find like. They think they don't source it. They they don't. Source it would it definitely needs to be sourced all. then for sure. Yeah, they just. I have no clue. I I wish I fucking knew. I don't fucking know. It's vice. Take that as you will. But yeah, yeah, the game of what's happened. Um, I don't really watch it. I don't know. Apparently, Death Stranding two got announced. What? Kojima couldn't leave it alone. Xander screaming in the background. So I play the first. I I still haven't played the first one either. I know I know I want to, but it just eh, it's whatever. Why not? Uh, well, I just I just haven't found the time to or to get it and I play don't own it. it so. so yeah, that's understandable. Probably pretty good on saddle thing, I guess. I don't fucking know. But anyway, um, now Flyers back. 
I think it's a good time to call the episode after talking about like, <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening to Insert Titled here. Uh, if you like the show, do the thing. Uh, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, you know, tell your friends about ring that us. bell. Yeah, ring that bell. Like the algorithm likes it when you like us. Uh, share us with your friends. Share us with your mom. Yeah. Share us with your dad. Yeah. Share us with your dad's girlfriend. Yeah. You know the one. Yeah. You don't talk about her because you'll get in trouble. But you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you if you liked what Adam, That's a high mechy night. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked what Adam talked about. Go watch him on uh, Technical Cake Mix. If you liked Flyer, give him a watch on his use, on his Twitch channel. Uh, it's it's twitch.tv slash flyer3232. Uh, oh, oh, I don't get yeah. the URL. Huh? No, everyone knows it's Technical Cake Mix, you stupid fuck. YouTube.com slash Technical Cake Mix. In, the links YouTube are in the description below. If you liked what I was talking about, I am streaming again. Currently streaming a really hard Pokemon in World Game. Come give it a watch sometime. We have the amazing Torkoal named Bongulon. We love him and we cherish him. I miss, I miss you, Egghead. I miss you, Egghead. I miss you, Bongulon. You are the best. Uh, but anyways, uh, bye. 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 <laughs>